and welcome back to another episode of I'm Thinking of Spoiling Things, which I like to say with weird intonation, weirder intonation each time. It's been a little while because um, to celebrate various holidays um, from our, you know, pluralist group where we, we accept all things, all things, um, we took some time off because we were away and around and um, scheduling is hard. Yes, it is. So in this episode, you're going to hear us talk about at least the famous and a long conversation about after you will hopefully also hear some audio about oh, right. <laughs> avatar the way of water oh god um, i totally forgot about that i'm gonna have to figure out how to incorporate that now in, a, in, a, in an episode that we are not talking about avatar at all no i think just drop it in at the end just drop it in at the end um so yeah, an Avatar podcast was going to happen, um, but it didn't really work out in the end. It was never going to be me. It was going to be maybe, well, Vaughn and, and someone else. Uh, I guess we'll talk about later because they'll be on again. Um, but it, doesn't work. it didn't work out yeah. for a variety of reasons. Uh, scheduling is hard. Um, so what I'd done is I recorded some audio of me and the friends that I dragged to go see Avatar <laughs> The Way of Water. Um and I recorded us on my phone, speaking in the car on the way back. I mean, I've not listened to it. God knows how it sounds. And then I recorded us again in that same car on the way back to get... Are um, they still your friends after that? Um, we all bonded because no one in the car, spoilers, enjoyed the movie at all. Oh, okay. So. Wow. That seems almost <laughs> unlikely. Yeah. Um, so it's just us, me passing the phone around, then us all just insulting the film um, at length. That's how you know they're um, Steven's friends, is because they all went to see Avatar and none of them liked it. <laughs> One person liked it, but he he drove himself there and drove himself back. So oh, he okay. get to the end of any of the recordings. <laughs> he said, we also, um, so some of us had eaten, some of us hadn't eaten. And we're driving there. And my friend AJ was like, so we get in dinner. And we're like, AJ, like the movie starts like 10 minutes. What are you talking about? So we just like went quickly to like a McDonald's drive-thru. And I got a text from my friend Chris being like, because Chris lives like an hour away and it's like was this like a ruse to make me just go see avatar by myself because i'm <laughs> sat here <laughs> um, i'm sure that gave you an idea for a future ruse <laughs> and i was like no would do that is fine but um we will be there <laughs> so yeah avatar thoughts will be in this podcast hello i am briefly interrupting your regularly scheduled podcasting to let you know that this avatar conversation that steven is talking about um, will not be included in this episode itself. I am going to upload it separately on the podcast feed as a little supplemental piece because I didn't want to overload this one episode of the show. So it's going to be two separate things, and you can go and listen to that little extra piece uh, from Stephen after this episode. We now return to the podcast in progress. Uh, Vaughn, how are you? I'm doing well. Happy New Year, Stephen. It has Happy been New a while. Year. Mm. Yeah. I'm excited for a, another year of, of spoiling things. I've missed recording yeah. the podcast. Yeah, yeah, same. And more on the new year later um, when we respond to some listener mail. Yes. <laughs> so, um, I really want to talk about the Fablemans. All right, let's talk about the Fablemans, which, again, another instance of it's been a quite a long time now since I've seen it. Um, yes. So not I think super fresh la- in the Your mind, lack but... of reaction, I think, is the interesting reaction here because um, you yeah. were significantly unmoved, it seems, by the Fablements, which may be, dare I say, a- an impetus for my moving of it because I think I went in with very lowered <clears throat> expectations um, because yes. you and Calvin were just like, it's okay. Um, I don't know. We'll do this very quickly. But where do you fall on the on the Steven Spielberg kind of like spectrum? 
I, you know, I don't have any problem with Steven Spielberg. I like Steven Spielberg. Obviously, he is, you know... What about that bit in Room 666 where he talks about masturbating? Do you remember that? I didn't see that movie, so I got nothing. You love him, you love him, Vendors. <laughs> I do, but no, I have not... You should, watch, you should watch Room 666. It's when he's at the Cannes Film Festival, I forget what year, and just interviews a bunch of filmmakers there about oh, okay. the future of cinema. Um, Spielberg's the only person that talks about like money, really, and he also talks about um, masturbating, and it's really creepy. Okay, um, weird. I'm like, Spielberg, don't, don't say that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like you, you come across like my uncle, and I don't like it. That's very, I mean, that does make a lot of sense that Spielberg would be the one at Cannes to talk yeah. about money. Um, yeah, I, I certainly don't have anything against him. I'm not like a... I don't know if I'm assuming that there has to be a camp of people that are like anti Spielberg. Yeah, no, um, very much so. Very, very much so. Which I don't, I don't see that as much as like anti Nolan people. But yeah, I mean, I like Spielberg. I like plenty of his movies. I, I think that for, I mean, he's a, such a prolific director. So there's a lot of direct, or a lot of his yeah, films I've, that I like a lot. I've and seen 26 of his films. Apparently, I don't think I've seen nearly that many. I would say I've probably seen. 16 maybe is, is my guess off the top of my mm. head but i can open up my my page and check really quick um yeah i mean i i don't he i don't think he has anything that's like a favorite of mine um like i'm not have you seen duel i have seen duel and i love duel well there you go um, <laughs> which is great but like th- there's none of his that like resonates with me in that way that i'm like oh this is like an all-time favorite of mine um, um. I don't but think like, he is still a, a great director. Fav- favorite, 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 but um, Jurassic Park is. Yeah, I do. Good. I do love Jurassic Park. I mean, I love um, Indiana, Indiana Jones, Jones one, one and three, and three. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, especially, especially, especially um, three. I would say ET is fabulous. I like ET. Um, yeah, Jaws. Jaws is great. Close Encounters is is a weirder film than you think it is. Yeah. Um, and has um. Well, actually, do you know who is? Linked to the Fablemans. Do you know who, interestingly... So, a fun thing about the Fablemans, spoilers for the Fablemans on this podcast about spoiling, um, <laughs> but this may be, for a, for an audience, like the one time they see David Lynch and won't know that it's David Lynch, and that, that's yeah. hilarious to me. Um, but do you know what director has, like, a, a somewhat decent role in Close Encounters? I don't. I'm assuming you're going to say... Francois, Francois Truffaut. He's the second build... Um, really? member of the cast oh, and man. he's just I mean, in that movie oh, that's and for a lot of people that's going to be like their only like unknowing exposure right. to Truffaut <laughs> um, oh wow I, yeah I mean I haven't seen Close Encounters since I was probably 10 years old so it's been a very long time um, but yeah, I feel and like you, and you'd only already seen Fahrenheit 451 that you hadn't seen like the one Truffaut <laughs> right um but I mean I feel like this conversation kind of does encapsulate Spielberg of like he makes these iconic films that everyone is so familiar with and not to say that he doesn't have films of people's favorites because yeah. obviously people do love him but like that is his thing he is you know a populist filmmaker and everyone knows his films yes. and you know that's people generally don't dislike his his work as a whole but i think a lot of the time it's not like the prestige stuff that people think of yeah i want to talk about recent spielberg okay so i think let's talk about recent spielberg as Actually, this gets difficult because, I mean, if we see Jurassic Park as his career high point, which I think is fair. I would um, agree with that, yeah. Um, with Hook just before, and I'm not a big fan of Hook, but I liked it as a child, and in my mind it's not good. Maybe one day I'll rewatch it. Um, Schindler's List is a film I need to rewatch, but I was very moved by it when I first watched it. That was a long time ago. Right. A long time ago. I was in school and I watched it, and 
I thought differently about the presentation of things, and I don't think I was as as educated as I thought I was <laughs> right, at, of at course. that point. Um, the Lost World is absolute crap. Um, <laughs> Saving Private Ryan, I've never been a huge fan of. Um, I think the opening sequence is really, really important cinema, and I think the rest of the film is really okay. Um, have you seen the film that he... That, and this is actually the name of the film. And you know I love reading out the actual names of films because they're hilarious. AI, <laughs> AI Artificial, Artificial Intelligence. Intelligence. No, I haven't seen uh, AI Artificial it's, Intelligence. It's a better Pinocchio movie than any of them that's come out this year. Um, okay. And it, 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 no, and it is a Pinocchio film. Um, it, it has the um, the blue variant and everything. It is, it is legitimately... Um, a take on that and is better than and that was he took that movies. over from my god kubrick yeah, yeah. From kubrick okay i didn't want to say that and yeah. be wrong about the director that it was but yeah yes okay. yeah, yeah yeah um have you seen minority report i haven't seen minority report there, great there's, movie. there's definitely really great movie. a good collection of, of spielberg that i need to make time for and see but it's like stuff that doesn't feel quite high priority to me so i just haven't like taken the time <sighs> to do it you can. i love catch great me if you movie. can yeah great movie War of the World, surprisingly good. Um, I've not seen The Terminal, looks boring. Um, <laughs> Munich. Yeah, is, you watched that recently. Um, I haven't seen Munich. Complicated, but 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 good. But like, uh, it's it's complicated. Um, Crystal Skull is obviously absolutely dreadful. Yeah, I do not um, like Crystal Skull at all. And I know there's a, I think there's this... a group of people that like Crystal Skull quite a lot, though. I think there are. I think so. I, there's some there's some Crystal Skull is it appreciators 50, out 50 there. Fifty Cent Blood on the Sand fans. <laughs> it's Fifty Cent Blood on the Sand fans, isn't it? Um, I don't know who that reference is for. Um, if <laughs> Probably if you, nobody. If you've played if you've played that video game, you'd be like, oh, I see you did that, Stephen. Very clever. Um, we wouldn't say very clever. You'd say yes. There was a Crystal Skull in that game. Well done. Um, so. Um, I think now we get into the career period that I'm talking about. Right. So I would agree. Tonton. Tonton. Have you seen Tonton? I haven't seen Tintin, no. Well, you thought it smelled bad on the outside. It's Tonton, damn you. Um, oh, Tintin is <laughs> awesome. I absolutely love that movie. Um, I hear good I'm things about it. Childhood, like, fascination right. with, with, with good old Tonton and Malou. Um, War Horse looks too boring to watch. War Horse is awful. So, I, I remember seeing that movie in the theater. I've read the book. It's crap. I, <laughs> I saw it with my family, and it's like, of course, no one in my family is like a, you know, really critical of film in the way that i am but like even when i was younger and i saw that movie i remember seeing it and coming out mm. and i was like that was terrible and like everyone else in my family loved it of course my mom was like you yeah. know in tears or whatever because it's a sad movie about a horse but i was like this yeah. is just terrible <laughs> lincoln um dare i say looks too boring to watch <laughs> also saw lincoln in theaters and i remember liking it but it, again it's like that's 10 years ago now so i don't remember it very well and now we reach an interesting period because I've, I've seen almost all of these. I didn't watch one. We'll get to that. Bridge of Spies. Didn't see. Any good? I think it's crap. Everyone, okay. else, everyone else loves it. <laughs> okay. I, I, think it's, I, think it's, I think it's crap. Um, the Bufka. Did you see The Bufka? I did not see The Bufka. I didn't see The Bufka. Emma saw The Bufka. I think... I can't remember why Emma thought The Bufka. I think she thought The Bufka was okay. Um, I didn't see The Bufka. Um, the Post. Another... It's weird. I'm just looking at this and realizing how many of these I've apparently seen in theaters with my family, which I also saw The Post with my family in theaters. Um, I think at the time I remember kind of liking it and it hasn't aged well in my mind. I know you just I the, despise I, it. I thought it was awful. Um, then we have Ready Player One, which I amusingly described as his best film since Tintin. But still <laughs> uh, I think I got through about half of Ready Player One and didn't finish it. Oh, the second half is better. <laughs> well, I believe that. I don't, it was just like at a time where I wasn't like as... Now I basically don't stop watching anything that I start watching yeah. unless it's Earth Day. Um, but... So at some point, I'm sure I'll go back and watch Ready Player One. But yeah, um, please, 
um, in post-production, please beep when you say the title of that movie because we should not encourage anyone <laughs> okay. to watch that. You know what, fair enough. Us, us, us saying it, well, maybe we'll watch it. Um, or just, just paste me saying Babe Pig in the City over it. Um, yeah, Ready Player One has that really cool Shining sequence, um, which is better than Doctor Sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so it's got that for it. Um, so at this point, I was very convinced that I was like, eh, Spielberg. Right, like he's, he's kind of done. He's, 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 right. he, he's lost it. And I was not very excited by West Side Story because one, I'm not really a big fan of the original. Um, and then I loved um, West Side Story. I thought that was absolutely Which, fabulous. interesting, because that kind of makes the pattern here of I was not very moved by West Side Story. I did not... I was not that into it. Um, yeah, I just thought it was... I mean, It's hard for me to make a case for it because it's... I mean, I can intellectualize whatever Feynman's. Um, I can't really intellectualize what right. I just thought it was just... just I mean, it was just like... He's really good at making movies. So I was like, right. oh, this is just such a and it makes well-made, sense. And I wonderful... Can, and I can see that watching it. And I can see that watching Fableman's too, of like, I, I know that he is such a talented director and he can just direct the yeah. hell out of anything. And like, the way that West Side Story looks is amazing. And it's like, it makes so much mm. sense to watch that. And you're like, I understand why Spielberg yeah. wanted to make a musical. It makes sense for Spielberg to make a musical. But just the, the actual content of it did not uh, connect with me at all. For sure, for sure, for sure. And then we have the Fabermans, which you yes. saw a credit screening of Calvin. Indeed, I um, did. I saw it later. Um, and what's your your potted take on the Fabermans? Uh, I just, and it's interesting that you did. I, I'm glad that you mentioned expectations at the top of this because yeah. I do think that plays such a huge role. Of like, I went into this after all of the festival buzz, and everyone that I follow on Letterboxd that had seen it before I saw it, you know, seen it through festivals yeah. or whatever, really loved it, and so I was like. I was interested in, you know, this kind of, and I, I always tend to love these sort of movies about movies thing, and so going into I it, like movies about movies, but I historically don't like Hello, I'm Filmmaker making a movie about myself. Like, I don't think they right. often hit, because they are, I mean, I we're not going to talk about Bardo, if you've not seen Bardo, but I, I think not. Bardo is, abs- I think it's absolutely crap, and that is just... Bardo, and I will say, even though it's not move that movie, I will put Belfast in it because it's a similar experiment right. of filmmaker effects on right. childhood. Um, Roma is an outlier, of course. Um, Bardo desperately wants to be Roma. Um, so yeah, I'm usually not a fan of being like, this is my cinematic past. Even actually, even when Hodorowsky did it, I don't, I don't love The Dance of Reality that much. I don't really like his... Okay, I haven't um, seen that. His, so. his, his thing. It's, I think it's fine. I just don't think right. it's great. So I think I was, I was a bit decks stacked against the pavements sorry to interrupt but i was i was i was no. like i'm not that interested in spielberg's filmmaker yeah i don't really care about his background i've never really in, enjoyed him in interviews like he's he's like he's fine like he's he's good he's an establishment for a reason like he's a very good filmmaker right um but i and i was like okay yeah you've you've earned it i guess spielberg make the move about yourself i don't really care i'll watch it i guess um yeah i do but, i do think i i mean even though I, w- I was more excited for it going in i do think i felt similarly of like he has kind of earned this like make a movie about yourself make a movie yeah. about your past like but at the same time i i was kind of like am i that interested in mm. what drives like this populist filmmaker you know style like is that as interesting at, uh, I, you know on the surface at <laughs> least how, and i know we'll get into I, this I, and, and the film is that definitely. right the, right. the film 100 percent is that and you're right and in description you sent to me and i go no and then in execution really yeah um, have you seen the, have you seen the trailer for it the trailer's really good um i must have in the theater at some point but i definitely didn't see it as many times as i've seen other trailers so i don't think it left yeah. like a huge impression on me 
Well, I saw, I went to the, the cinema a couple of times this week and I, there was a, a three-hitter trailer run, which was Fabian's trailer, which I think is very good. I think I also, I think I liked the trailer because I liked the film a lot and it was just like, right. oh, this, this brings back bits of the movie. And I was like, yeah. oh, actually, I really, really like this movie. Um, and then it went from Fabian's trailer straight into the Empire of Light trailer. And it was like, I just I just turned to Emma and said, <laughs> ah, we have we have Fabian's at home. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, this is the, um, I'm also having a go at it. And then actually, I'm going to bring this up. It went into the Tar trailer. Now, I have seen Tar. Right. Um, as have you. You reviewed Tar yeah. on the website. It's an excellent review. Um, I think Tar is really, really good. I think it's really, really great. Trailer doesn't um, sell it at all. The opposite. Um, after the trailer, Emma turned to me and said, that looks phenomenal. And I said, it's really, really good, but it's not as good as that trailer. Interesting. Watch the trailer for... T- the trailer for Tar... Yeah, I don't know if I I've seen said, I also said it's surprising how much that trailer is from the last 20 minutes of the film, where there is, like, quite a lot of disparate footage. But the trailer for Tar is very kind of, like, abstract and very staccato rhythmed. And right. it's, like, almost like Black Swanee. The film is not like that. No. Yeah. The film is very just like, this is really good, solid, dialogue-heavy movie making. The trailer is really kind of like, just, it, it, it's it's cut to the music beautifully. Right. And it seems really kind of like abstract. It's got like ho- horror style, like scratch kind of like stuff. Yeah, like it's movement. not that at all. It's, it's, yeah, that's interesting. It's a phenomenal trailer. And the, the movie that's in that trailer, I'm just like, man, I mean, Tar's really, really good. Oh, yeah, the trailer is, is utterly exceptional. Yeah, there's an interesting conversation to be had about trailers, because it's like, obviously, I know that the studio only cares about getting people into the theater, but it's mm. like, if you sell the wrong movie, no one's going to come out of that liking it. Going in to see a three-hour movie that's completely different from the the trailer that sold them on seeing it. I, I think, fortunately, Tar is a bit self-selecting anyway, so I think the, the audience that come in for Art House trailer are probably still going to enjoy Tar anyway, yeah. because it is it is art in a different way. But no, it's certainly... It, it's. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I, I would say, please watch the trailer and, and, and feed back to me, either on air or off air, when you can. But even then, but, I think there's there's a degree of, like, if you go in with certain expectations, it can you can end up distracted because you end up spending a lot of time trying to shift what you thought you were going into. You know, if you, if you go oh. in expecting something, you know, fast-paced and intense and, ra- you know, rapid fire, and then you come in and it's like, yeah. oh, this is really slow, and then you kind of have to readjust. It just seems more psychological. The trailer paints it as, like, psychological deterioration picture. It's interesting it, you compared it to, to Black not, Swan, because, yeah, it's, it's not, very not much that. not that. It's not, not that in description, but in execution, it is, it is right, not that. Right, um, You know, towards the beginning of Tar, when there's lots of, like, when she's given that long speech, which is really, really good, yeah. and I think there's quite a lot of insert shots there of, like, illustrating what she's talking about. And those insert insert shots are like spread throughout the trailer, and as our little moments, like there's a bit when she opens like a, a safe with a metronome in it, and like that bit's cut in the trailer as like a she's right. um, conducting then, and it's the again all the footage is I, it wasn't like some trailers like I remember like the American Hustle trailer, which I think is a, a terrible movie, but the trailer's got this like the scene of them all dancing together, just not in the movie, and and that happens quite a lot in trailers. Yeah, everything in that tar trailer, in the movie, but. Just in not in the same context. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to have to check that out. It's a really good, tra- it's a really, really good trailer. <laughs> it's, it's like a really good short film. It's, it's one of my favorite trailers I've seen in a while. It's, it looks exceptional. The movie's good. It is. The Fabians, then. But yeah, but it's not the movie we're talking about. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll I, I leave think... the Monster Hunter discussion for later. <laughs> for, the, for the end of the episode. We have to end on the Monster Hunter. Um, <laughs> no, the Fablemans, I think, I would say for the first act, I was extremely on board with it i yeah, really okay. love the first act because the first act is what i was is, expecting it's, very, very it's what i was expecting the film to be it's a a kid 
falling in love with and discovering film and then you know learning how to make film and the process of it and that's the stuff that i really love is like well actually at that point i wasn't as enamored at that point i thought i i I could watch jaco right i I was like jaco is this film but better interesting I, I, but i but i mean i think it's just like it's even if it's not necessarily novel it's like it's the stuff that i yeah. enjoy you no, know no. it's like yeah. I, I i went into it knowing that it was kind of like a cinema parody so kind of thing and i was like all right that's kind of what this is you know it's the process yeah. it's falling in love with film and you know you can win me over easily with that but i think then for me it's when they move and he goes to high school that's when the movie loses oh, me the, the best part of the film yeah, yeah. it's and it, it's the worst part for me it, i just i i didn't find any connection with that at all it felt so contrived and just like i didn't none of it worked for me and i just it I totally think, lost me i was so uninterested in all of that that you know just high school does drama become stuff. A, a different movie though because but i don't think i really i didn't care about the high school drama i mean actually i, I did care about i think the, the presentation of, of, of anti-semitism i thought was wasn't really expecting that in the film and i, I wasn't that was... either and i it's not that i mean obviously this is a movie about his life <laughs> and that's you know core to who he is and that's i I don't have a problem with that being in the film i think and maybe it's even true to life and i don't know that only he knows that but like to me it felt so over the top and cartoonish that i couldn't connect to it i don't know if that i don't know like you know what i mean i find it interesting though because i i I feel this is when the the film becomes self-reflexive in very strange ways i feel that this second half of the film is in conversation with its own construction and starts to be kind of like fantastical in in in, in weird ways. It, it becomes so. The first half is like Jaco, right. and the second half is 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 like um, Camera Buff for me, the Kozlowski movie. Mm. Of the second half, and why I love Camera Buff is because there are so many films about filmmaking, and Camera Buff dares to ask, "What if filmmaking isn't a good impulse? Um, what okay. if it's an obsessive impulse?" Right. And the second half of Fablemans is not only about spielberg as as a director it's him being like the kind of moves i like to make what does this say about me and what am i doing and it yeah. should, like there's a point where he's watching his family break down and it cuts to him imagining how he would shoot that and that moment is so spielbergian yeah being like that is how you make movies and that's like such an honest portrayal of like of a person who could only connect through film but doesn't even connect through film it's, and there's a, there's a bit part way through of when he he starts to realize a relationship is going on just by watching footage right and just by fitting footage together but the bit that i thought was the masterful bit was the film that he makes within the film um towards the end yeah the the, which, the summer class picture or whatever the Lenny Reifenstahl style movie, like it is legitimately like in the style of Lenny Reifenstahl, like a hundred percent and very knowingly so. I think it's like, is it Olympia her film? I can't remember. I think that's um, the one. I, I remember you comparing it to that before. I don't have a. It, I don't know personally. It so it is it is viewed like that. It is very like upfront with presenting like an, an and a, I'm going to talk about some like Nazi stuff here. Right. So apologies to the listener. Like it it is presented as like full-on Aryan like Ubermensch stereotype yeah. of, like look at this muscular homoerotic man and that link with the anti-Semitism stuff and it's like he just presents this film of these people that have been horrible to him and he glorifies them on screen because he loves what cinema can do to them right and then he's just asked in like the corridor by this angry person being like why did you do that and he's just like I don't know yeah and he does just, not like, have a being, good like, answer yeah it's just, just him being like I only know I only had to I just want 
the audience to love it. I right. want to be like, loved through film. Like it was just instinct film. for him. I just have yeah. He's like I'm just I just like I know how to make images, but what I know how to do is to is to be populist. Yeah. I know how to get an audience, and he's like, and I don't know what that means about me, and that yeah, I, I found that really really. I just didn't expect to feel that way about that film. And I was like, wow, this is interrogating in a way that I didn't think that Spielberg was able to or w- or that would do. And I will say, I think you specifically, the way that you have spoken about this film <clears throat> has made me want to like it more. And it's made yeah. me want to go back and, and, and look at it in a different lens. I feel like a lot of the positive reviews were just kind of, not to like blanket anything, but I feel like I saw a lot yeah. of positive reviews that were just kind of like, this is great. I love Spielberg, you know, whatever. Like there wasn't a yeah, lot yeah, of yeah. like, I didn't find a lot that was really getting into the meat of like what works so well about it. And, and I think you got to something that like interests me mm. much more than a lot of the other stuff does of like, okay, maybe it's worth like going back and looking at this again from a different perspective. Um, because yeah, I mean, it's like, I, I, I see all that in my head and, but it's like, yeah. I think to me, the, the, those different parts of it are a little too disparate for me. And it's they, like, they if, are. I, I agree. If it had been more one track of like, if he had just been about, you know, this one thing, it's like maybe, and maybe it is part of that, just like shifting my expectations of like, I was expecting mm. it to be this one thing based on the first act. And then it just kind of jarringly becomes something else. And yeah. I wasn't quite on that same wavelength. Yeah. It, it's, it, yeah, I, it's really interesting. It's such more interesting than I thought it would be. Um, I'm very excited to watch it again. I am going to watch it again. It's a film that I put on my ranking list and is like, the more I thought about it, it's actually slowly crept up very, very high. Okay. Like I put it at like a, an okay position being like, that was great. That was really, really good. And the more I think about it, I'm like, no, that film stuck with me in a way that I yeah. didn't think it was going to. Um, yeah, I thought The Fairman's was, was wonderful and it's only only grown when i watched it, i was like well it was great but west side story was better and i'm like no actually no actually this 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 has lingered with me in a way that west side story just like yeah instinctively i was like that was great and this i'm like oh this is this is there is something here that has burned its way um, into my brain what do you think about like the the family stuff like i i, I want to mention the michelle williams specifically because so many people really like that performance and i think it belongs in a different movie i think she's fine and i mean that in the kind of like she's, she's fine i, I right. think there are some really i think paul dano's excellent yeah he, i think he's um, great i think seth rogan's really really good he is really really good i, I like when seth um, rogan does more dramatic stuff and and what happens with his character i think is, is is really well thrown through and again it's that idea of being like through watching something and through film we can realize emotion and that yeah. film guides emotion etc that that stuff very very cool um yeah uh, michelle williams i like I, I like her a lot yeah as, me as too actor, yeah I, but... I, I like her but yeah, something about it to me that that just this performance specifically, it's like I feel like she, and maybe that's you know just another part of it. Like maybe I would have been more interested in the storyline between her and Benny if I really bought her performance more, but it doesn't yeah, quite work I for me. I, I don't think she's bad, but I would not. I don't think it's a great performance. It's not. Yeah. It's not going to. When I'm talking awards season stuff later, it's it's not going to come up for me. And um, whereas other things in this film, I think will. Um, Which I, I and I think for me that's kind of a lot of it. It's like I. And I totally believe that a lot of this um, is very true to life for Spielberg. Well, apparently it's, his... all, it's all very true apart from the girlfriend bit. Is the <laughs> Which is, yeah, very, very strange. But, and, but and, I mean, you know, he, but he doesn't call it Spielberg. It is called the Fableman. Yeah. Like, it is, it and, is fake movie about fake. And so there's there's plenty of value in it being, you know, true to life. And if he wants to, you know, recreate those experiences that he has, that's great. But it's like, there's also something to be said for how that translates to the screen. And it's like, if, if yeah. the stuff that true as it is doesn't come across as believable then you know maybe it needs to be um altered and it's like that's how a lot of it felt for me it's like i'm just like this doesn't seem like 
I totally believe that he pro- his family probably had a monkey at one point, but that just felt so ridiculous to me. I was like, they did. They did. it just it seems like, so out I of like place. It's like you know you have to it, sometimes like monkeys, sometimes so. fiction's more believable than 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 fact. You know. What did you think about the final scene? I love the final scene. The final scene is the, the final best scene, part the of the final film. Scene, yeah. The final scene is, is, is very, very it's fantastic. Good. What do you think about the final shot? I'm trying to remember the the final shot. Is that just him walking through the... Oh, yeah, and then the it, final... it, it, it pulls down. That's right. No, the final shot's great. I'm remembering. The final shot is yeah. utterly brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. Yeah. And then, like, I, finding interviews of, like, him telling that story verbatim, and I'm like, oh, that's amazing. Like that's you know yeah I, I i met up with friend of the show david recently and i i was speaking about fabermans because i said i don't know what you think about it um i think maybe you should watch it but there's a bit at the end that i think you'll get a kick out of yeah um and he guessed what it was because he's a fan of the filmmaker depicted um <laughs> oh, okay and has heard that anecdote a few times he goes wait yeah. did they just tell that anecdote? i was like yes they did he goes oh yeah, that anecdote that's is so great. fun i'm like it is very very <laughs> fun it's a really fun it's a really fun story um yeah oh the Fabements. Um, so that's the Fabements. Um, are there any other recent releases you want to just like give a, a, a quick word to um, before we get to Aftersun? I think I think you mentioned it before, but I do think it would be. I do think it's a worthwhile conversation to talk about Glass Onion. Let's talk about Glass Onion a little bit. Oh, it's, it's good. I mean, yeah. my family hate it. Um, really? But, yeah. Um, I mean, my mum left halfway through because she was falling asleep. She was just tired. Um, right. Uh, my dad. I think said it was the worst one he's ever seen in his life. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean that's true. It is established that your dad hates American films, so <laughs> yeah. And I think I think with Knives Out, which he actually really liked, but I didn't. I didn't think he would like Knives Out. Mm. But I think with Knives Out, we benefited it from it being in an old stately home, right. and we watched the dubbed version in front. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was very funny because the. Um, the there's there's as i've mentioned on several podcasts there's a there's a linguistic clue oh yeah that's right that does not work in french <laughs> oh that's that's great. just doesn't just doesn't um yeah because we we, i was really excited to watch this with the family um to the extent that we were going to go out of our way to see it at the cinema because it was very hard to go see because yeah. of the dick's release and then i was like you know what we're away with family and we need movies to watch because otherwise you have to spend a lot of time with family i right. love my family but families are difficult um so it's like we need to get some movies because they want to watch movies and we need to um, do things. So I was like, actually, you know what? Let's not watch it at the cinema. Let's watch it the first time with the family. We all right. saw Knives Out, apart from my brother. He wasn't there then. Um, we'll, we'll really enjoy it. Um, and I pitched that to the family. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Love that first movie. This would be great. Dad on the morning of was just like, oh, I was just listening to the, the news. He listens to the French and Spanish news because oh, they were reviewing the film. Said such great things about it. Really, really excited. I'm like, yeah, this is all going great. Um, then we watched it and it became very, very clear partly through that Dad was just so not into it. Interesting. Brother. Brother just not. Brother was uh, at one point. I mean, I was, you know, I could, I, I, could, I could be a better person a lot of the time. Um, <laughs> But he, at one point, he was like, "This accent is just ridiculous." He, when he says something like, "Like this," he's like, "His accent is so convincing, so unconvincing." I just went, "Yeah, that's that, yeah, that's the point. It is the point." I was like, "That that that's the joke, right?" And he was like, "Oh," and so he was like, "I mean," which is a, a Disney reply. He's like, "Oh, oh, uh, there you go." I didn't realize the joke was that it's not funny, and I was like, "Okay, fair enough. If you yeah, don't find it funny, right, then, that's that is then, fair." Okay, um, but also, I it, I think it didn't help that though you don't need to have seen Knives Out, which is film. I think it helps. Because I think he wasn't quite expecting the type of film that this was. Okay. Um, I think he was expecting it to be like a 
a Poirot or Sherlock Holmes kind of thing. Right. Because I think that's me. I, I sold it to them as a, as a whodunit because my mum and dad had already seen Knives Out and I think my brother was a bit confused about like, what is this? Right. Um, why is this so dumb? And I'm like, it's campy. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, Emma really loved it. She watched it again okay. on the plane home. I watched it over her shoulder between bits of Bardo because <laughs> Bardo on the plane and Bardo was so mind-numbingly and arse-numbingly boring. I was like, oh, that movie's good. You watch bits of, knife, of Knives Out 2 instead. Two knives, two out. Um, yeah, I thought that something's great. I, I can we preface with I understand half of the criticisms. Okay, I'm interested in so. What I, you, I guess I, I get, get it. Yeah, what are the what are the two halves of the criticism to you? So I get it because it's it's affected, and it is quote unquote overwritten, and yes. it is postmodern and self satisfied. But I enjoy that as an aesthetic, yeah. and I think it's it's an aesthetic choice. Like. And I like that it's not a mystery as an interrogative device. It's mystery as presentational device. I also it's think... It's not wanting you to solve it. It wants right. to build up a Lego set yeah. and then take it apart piece by piece and make you watch that and go, ah, I didn't see that bit there. I also think it's so much more important that, to me, Ryan Johnson is so aware of that stuff. Like, he knows yes. exactly what it is. Where it's like, you see other stuff that's very self-satisfied, and you can feel the filmmaker being very smug about it. Like Bardo, for example. There is a scene half through totally Bardo that, where right. a reviewer reviews the film. <laughs> and, like, loves it? No, and hates it. Oh, okay. So, gotcha. he, well, he reviews the film in fiction, so he turns to the person who's basically playing a narrative right. and says... Ah, oh, your most recent film. I just, I didn't, I just, I just hated it. It's so self-indulgent. I get that it's metafiction, but it's just like random stuff and the surrealism, oh, and it feels God. like all like out of order. I'm like, yeah, no man, I agree. And the fact that you know this <laughs> right. makes it worse. Yeah, but yeah, like Ryan Johnson knows exactly what he's doing, and he's fine with that. Like he, he, he definitely wants it to to feel that way. So like to me, that doesn't bother me in the same way that it does with stuff that's just obnoxiously smug about it. Yeah, I mean, he, he makes postmodern genre stuff and Mountain Goats concerts. And, like, who, <laughs> who doesn't want to film it? Have you seen the um, John Donnell of the Mountain Goats is in his next project? Yeah, that's so cool. That's, that's so cool. Um, okay, because they are friends. And if you have not heard, listener, the song which Ryan Johnson requested John Donnell to write for The Last Jedi, listen to John Donnell's sadly not in the movie Last Jedi theme tune, which is called The Ultimate Jedi Who Wastes All the Other Jedi and Ate Their Bones. <laughs> oh, and that's eats fantastic. their bones. <laughs> Um, because all he had was the title of The Last Jedi, so he writes the song oh, okay. The Other Jedi, who wastes all the other Jedi <laughs> and eats their bones. Um, it's it's a it's a good song. The song is good. Um, so yeah, Glass Onion, your take. I think it's great, yeah. I also saw it Agreed. twice. I saw it at the um, the early screening, and then I saw it once when it was in its stupid week-long release. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, it's just, I, I don't understand that at all. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think it's fantastic. It's, I mean... And I, I do get it to a degree because I came out of it initially, and I, I think I like it more than I did initially. Not that I ever disliked it, but yes. I came out of it feeling like it was a little overly familiar. Um, in that, it is a yeah. lot of the the same ideas from Knives Out, at least in the in the wider thematic sense. Like he is yeah, driving at the same Magnolia, thing. It's got a Magnolia joke in it that's so good that it gets the movie four stars. So <laughs> that that that. Emma and I just looked at each other at that Magnolia sequence, and was like. Is that- <laughs> Oh, okay, fair enough. Cool. I mean, yeah, there's so much stuff that's great, and it's like I just kind of came out like, but it is. I mean, I, I understand that there is, and I think now I appreciate more that there is 
enough subtle differences with the message that he's getting across that I appreciate it more. But like definitely coming out of it the first time, I was like, but how like the 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 approach of what he wants to get across feels so similar to Knives Out in 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 just the sort of um. I've lost my my own train of thought here, but like I the, think they're very the, different. It it is, and now I see that it is more different. But just like initially, I was like, well, it's you know taking down the rich. I get that, but I, I think now it's like I I see the difference in the approach, and I appreciate it more. So it's yeah. like I, I can understand watching it and being like, well, it you know it's the same in some in a lot of ways, um, and it is. But it's, I also don't mind that. I think. Yeah, it's it's like the first one is who done it with a little bit of like taking down the rich subtext and this is taking down the rich with a little bit of who done it subtext basically yeah, it is like, it's an inverse there um and it's it's like is it a perceptive take on the rich movie no no not 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 at all right does it pretend to be or try to be no not yeah. at all no and, it's not. And, but but and but we know that he can do that i think i mean opinions of the last jedi legitimately vary and illegitimately vary yeah obviously um but there are bits in the last jedi that show very very good critique of power structures and the elite and as, yeah. i mean say what you like about the canto blight sequence whatever blah blah there's good stuff in there there is yeah in that sequence about the rich and the privilege what it means like ryan johnson can make and knows the stuff and he's not he's he's not trying to he's not trying to articulate a right. nuanced point about activism. He's making a camp movie, and it's very camp, and it's very yeah. silly, and it's very boisterous, and it's it's a large it's it's a comedy, and it's very I found right. I found it very very funny. Yeah, but no, it is. If it that is. doesn't work for you, yeah, then I guess the limp subtext will stand out because it's there as it's there as a an amuse bouche. It's there to like right. it's a it's set dressing and it's and it's very intentionally on the nose, and I totally get yeah. why a lot of people are not fans of that because like it's, i've seen like articles like discussing like oh did you think that um edward norton's character kind of represented this person well we're here to tell you it does and i'm like that's not supposed to yeah. be like a, a subtext that's just that is the movie that's supposed mm-hmm. to be extremely obvious that he is elon musk there's no joke like it's yeah, not like and, a subtle and, thing and, you're supposed and, to figure out and the andrew tate stuff as well like that is right that is- so which is it's so funny that this film got released just for the Andrew right. Tate stuff and just after the Elon Musk stuff, yeah, completely by accident. I know the t- <laughs> I mean, yeah, the timing is wild, but yeah, it's just like th- there's no. He's not trying to pull one over on you. He's he's like, look at this no. guy. He's Andrew Tate. He's Joe Rogan. Look at this guy. He's Elon Musk. Yeah. He's it's you he know that's literally he can't right. literally make that movie. He can't call them that. Yeah, but he can put them in the movie by <laughs> right. names like. Yeah, no, I think it's I think it's great. I and yeah, I, I definitely think Daniel Craig finds the, the role more this time. I think yeah. Daniel Craig is is having more fun um, and gets more out of the performance. I think it was very promising the first one. Um, I think there's a bunch of good actors. I think maybe there's not as interesting characters as the first film. Yeah, um, I would agree. There's there's more characters in this one. I think. Well, that's not true in Knives Out. There's several characters that are kind of just tertiary, but just, like just that. I think that this is such a this is a smaller group, and so like when there's a couple of characters that don't get a whole lot of attention, it does feel more noticeable. I think. But they're very good, and there's the but there's no one. I think Michael Shannon stands out for me in the first film. Of he's so interestingly playing against time yeah. in that film, so fascinating. Yeah, he's fantastic. There's nothing quite like that in this film. There's nothing that you're just like, oh, that's what what an interesting turn right. from that actor. Um, but it's it's good, and that that central performance that turns out to be the lead, um, yeah. is very very good. And I mean, far be it for me to subtweet my family, but 
occasionally when when you think you're two of us who I don't think listens to this, but is is a friend of the show, and I'll I'll I'll, I'll call him out. Um, great guy, great reviewer on Letterbox, follow him. Um, but he made a point in a Discord that I'm in that a point where he started enjoying film more was when he stopped that kind of like childish mentality of thinking that you're smarter than the film. Yeah. Um, because often you're not. Um, and I think if you're like, I'm above this film, right. you will find it to feel petty. The film is actually quite clever. And like, there are, so at the beginning, oh, my brother, yeah. my brother called out a bit. Uh, so one of the leads turns around to the camera and he made a, a flippant comment about her haircut being a bit uneven. And then when there's later reveal about that character not right. quite being the character thinking it's so I'm like, oh, was that yeah. actually purposeful then maybe? That thing that you thought was like a was that haircut not being done better if she's supposed to be like super rich? And I'm like Right. Well maybe it's actually because of that. Yeah. Like, oh man, I that's that's such an interesting point because I really do think and that's like to me what encapsulates a lot of what I find so exhausting about like contemporary film discourse and it's like i think the the root of that i will always draw back to cinema sins of like this thing of like being above Game, film and yeah. like i can point out all the flaws in this film and no film is perfect and it's like yeah who cares what is well, why what do you guess that <laughs> um, but it's like yeah like what are you trying to get over on this movie it's like just you know just enjoy it you're not better than than, than the thing that you're watching <laughs> yeah I, I, but yeah i think and I think that's a mindset that I think I've definitely been in the past of being like, oh, I definitely, I, I, yeah, I know here. more than I know more than this film. I'm yeah. 17. What's this movie? What's this movie going to show me? I know all there is to know. Um, and I think now I'm much better at being like, I will let the movie right. happen first, yeah, and then I reflect on it. Um, yeah, um, I I think the movie's great. I think it's just really, really fun. I think the jokes are very very good. Um, I love the split structure. Um, the end, the very very ending, is not. Like the, well, the the penultimate sequence is maybe not quite as as clever and fun as I want it to be. That's fair. But there's there's a speech before that that's that's so brilliant. There's, so there's the famous line in the first film is the the oh what is it? But it compels me. It's like, it makes no damn sense. Yeah, it compels me though. <laughs> there is there is there is a similar thing in this. Um, oh, and oh, again, this is the substitute my brother pod, podcast. Okay. okay. But so there was a point where my brother my brother likes cars. Right? Right. And there's a point where it shows the guy's car on the roof and he says that's one of a kind and my brother's just like, this film's stupid, that's not one of a kind. That certainly said what kind of car it was. Right, like... And then later I was like I was like I was like I'm not saying my brother's name because it irrelevant. I was like, brother, I didn't call him that, but I was like, you do realise that's the point right. of if like you should have actually picked up that as a clue. Yeah. Like rather than thinking like cinema sin ding, <laughs> that car's not original. Yeah. Like like he doesn't know anything yeah. about cars. The guy's an idiot. That's the whole point of the movie. Like it's not yeah. a good car. It's not the the status car that he thinks it is. And yet he wastes all this money flying it around the world and sitting it on an island where he can't drive it. You know oh, that, like, that that line is so good. It's there, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I like the Banksy doc. Um, yeah, uh, it's a, a lot. Yeah, Glossy is really it's, good. It's I, really enjoy it. I think it's going to split our listener base um, quite a lot. Um, I think in a, in a way to Halloween kills um did as well how do it end sorry um i'm glad we're both on the same team yeah it's really good it's 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 good i like when we're on the same team which i think we are on our next film or not again i think i know that we are (laughs) on our next film um Um, let's talk about i think far and away that i'm gonna say the 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 best 
film we've talked about in the podcast yet as a as as a film to introduce. I would agree with you. That's come out since we've started the podcast. Number one on both of our lists, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 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 one hundred percent. I I rewatched it again this 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 morning um because i was i was just really i wanted to rewatch it and then i wanted to watch it with people but people never really felt like in the mood which is fair it it, it took me a very long time to watch this movie because i wanted to be and i think kind of unnecessarily i was overthinking you know what what headspace i wanted to be in and that's why i put it off longer than i should have but i definitely there was a lot of times where i was like i want to watch after sun and then i was like but not quite in the right headspace for it so like I, i i understand that Again, in, in that easy way, this, this movie very much is and isn't exactly the film that you think it is. So let's let's give the, the the broad the broad strokes for those that don't know, and then we're gonna get into a lot of spoilers. Though I don't think you can really spoil this film. It is it is no, it I don't think so. Exists on yeah. on screen in like a Claire Denis esque way. Very Had him come up a few times, and it's not surprising that she's written a lovely piece about loving this film and it being yeah. the film of the year. It's a really good piece. Um, so it is. A, so I, I wrote a review of it today, um, which is up on letterbox.com. You wrote a review of it yeah. a bit ago on letterbox.com. And Calvin wrote a, a beautiful Yeah, Calvin's review. I mean, your, is... your, your review is, is great as well, Vaughn. But um, Calvin's review is is one of my favourite things that he's written. I think it's just... it's Calvin is much better than I am at embedding actual... Here's what the film was about in the <laughs> yeah. analysis. No, Whereas certainly. I'm very much... I've very much been like, I'm not going to describe the film to you. Go watch the movie. I don't really care. I'm just going to Yeah, no, that, that review, he um, does a very good job of, of blending two things that I generally yeah. do separately, which is either I will write yeah. very kind of outside of and just like evocatively about what I think the yeah. film is, and or I will write very specifically about the content of the film, but I don't yeah. I don't often do a good job of blending them two together. But I mean, they're same, so same. Yeah, yeah it phenomenally does that. So yeah, read on the site. It's absolutely brilliant. And we'll talk about Calvin later. Um, so, I was going to make a point, and I have no idea what it was. <laughs> You've forgotten, sorry, if I interrupted yeah. you through that. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, sorry, I write in my review about it has, like, three, technically four, perspectives and framing devices. Well, I mm. guess, like, a framing device, and then three sub-perspectives within yeah, yeah. that framing device. And to break down what the film does makes it sound very mechanical and very complicated, the film is complex, it's, but it is not complicated. Right. It is so fluid. Like there, there are these so many different ways of present presenting it, but you almost never even think about it when you're watching the film. No. It is so just like fluid in the way that it happens, and like it's you so under, natural. it's not like it's unclear. It's not obfuscated. Like it makes perfect sense, at least to me. I, I know um, Maul watched it, and I think she was a a little bit confused by the. Um, the present day sequences and like the club and stuff and yeah. um which is totally fair but like to me it was like everything just, because just... also ugly they they are potentially and actually this is the one film we actually will talk about and you know that i hate plot interpretation i've like i yeah. don't like plot interpretation i think this film is actually worthwhile plot interpretation because they're like there is it it gives so much the plot to you as a viewer right to work out actually what happened here and i do think yeah. it's worth because i think What's in the film is different to what you think the film is about. And Definitely. I think people will have different views on... And I'll link that to your point, and I apologise. But, so straight up spoilers here, straight away. So Emma's not seen it yet, um, but she's actually read a plot summary. And she says, it, she says, it sounds great, but it seems really, really sad. Because he dies, doesn't he? And I went, well... Does he, though? No. Right. I went, I went, no. And then I was like, I need to watch it again, because maybe I missed something, but I don't think I did. And, you know, I, no, I didn't. And I was like... 
He probably does. I mean, he, but he it's, probably, but it. But either no. way, he does not die in the text yeah, of the film. Exactly. You don't know. There is no it answer is about given an to absence. you. Right. So you the don't. Everything that matters yeah. is he is not present. Um, and I think that space before is so so important because yeah, that there there is stuff and, and and content warnings for discussions about mental health and suicidal ideation. Yeah, there is stuff about suicidal ideation in, in this movie, and I picked up on it more a second time because I was knowing where the movie was going. Right. But that doesn't really go to anywhere. It doesn't build to a moment. And Tuomo's review, which yeah, I was gonna please read that. if you yeah. haven't, um, which has like 8,000 like, likes or something. I know. Ridiculous. Um, and it's very, very good. Mentions this being like, this like presentiment of being like, I felt it was going to build to something catastrophic. Right. Because that's, and, that's the expectation of it. Like you watch a film like do. this and it is so quiet and you can feel that there is tension there and and you are trying to understand these dynamics and you're trying to figure out you know what's happening and it it builds that expectation of this is going to hit me with something at the end and it builds to that but it doesn't because that's not really what life is you know like it's that's not what it's about it's so i'm gonna be a bit i don't know if this is gonna be profound or like really wanky actually but like it is about a death but it's about a death of stages of life of yeah her dad that we've seen is not there anymore because he can't be because that dad that was there at that point is a different right. person and cannot persist so it is about and whether and it, it, it uses the hint of maybe a literal absence to very much highlight that metaphor of absence of the person that you knew back then was your view of a person and maybe not even really that person right and on reflection things were different that's that's the masterstroke of the film of it's just like what you pick up in retrospect yeah is is so profound and you know that i love films as do you that are about looking and watching and that to look and it's well like pavements and that to look at something right. is when you realize what something was about and that engage with viewership and spectatorship i was teaching um at work this week about laura mulvey who's like has that the, the spectatorship theory about like scopophilia and like the, the voyeuristic elements of cinema and, and it's where the male gaze comes from but also like the act of viewership is is so important to cinema and right. i love films that really engage your viewership and then pull you out of it like pseudo brechtianly but not really brechtianly here yeah it's it's i mean man it's just i the, the presentation of it is it's so not what i was expecting but like you okay and I'm not sure, I don't think I really had, like, an expectation of what it was going to be, but I think mm. just... I thought Moonlight. I was expecting, like, a... Okay. Because it's, yeah. it's produced by Barry Jenkins. I was expecting it to be lots of, like, flowing water and, like, soft conversations and, like, a profound, touching relationship. It is all of that. Yeah. <laughs> but then... I think I was expecting something more like what we are used to, like, these sort of more prestige like high art like a24 films like what those generally look and feel like i was expecting more of that and then very quickly i was like oh this is like much more um like pensive and much more like like we said like claire denis and like i was not expecting that especially the way that Mm. it's shot i think is really what took me by surprise of like this is not something that we see a lot even in like prestige american cinema of like oh yeah it's it's so different than anything else that i saw the short choices are fascinating it's, like it's, a yeah. lot of the time we're very far away um at like a really interesting distance sometimes it does that agnes goddard thing of being like here's a part of a body and i can't quite see yeah. it um which i always love or like really here's a that. thing refracted or here's 
a mirror reflection. We're going to move the camera so it kind of like slightly disrupts yeah. what you think. Just really it's intentional, of like, it's, confident. Yeah, it is so intentional. And yeah, confident is a great way to put it because it's a debut, which is just like mind-blowing. But It's so assured. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, it, it, it's like it understands because it's a film about memory. It understands that memory doesn't play out like a movie. You know, memory is not like yeah. cinema where like shots are framed in a specific way and you're seeing someone mm. looking in a specific place. Um, and it understands that that memory is so much more scattered and abstract and yeah you just think of like these sort of random like these things that are not framed typically because that's not how things work and you just have these kind of scattered images um, of, of events and stuff like that and that's how it that's how it feels it's not necessarily like this linear progression it is just you know disparate events and things happening and it's it's the things it, that that you reflect on and remember years later and it's like they're not of course they're not yeah. meant to be linear or specific yeah, it put things very slightly out of order in really different yeah. ways like very very slightly at certain points because it does it it has holiday time it, it it feels endless and like at this same level of yeah. like it's just endless sun-drenched days with some evenings just like it just goes and goes and goes and it's it's so dedicated to just like not instantly gratifying you it just doesn't right. doesn't care about that and two key sequences of that for me is so there's this kind of like building relationship it's not even built actually because very few things actually like, built there's a little relationship with the film between um sophie and this and this this kid michael and yeah the first time they go on this like bike game uh God, it's not like a, the most adult thing ever it's, <laughs> it's an arcade it's yeah like motorcycle game. arcade game <laughs> Excite bike. They're playing excite bike. Excitebike. No, they're not. No. So that yeah, you know what? They get on excite bike. Um. So yeah, they're they're on they're on their little like motorbikes mo- 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 in the arcade, and the film is just active disinterest in showing you yeah. what's on the screen. It just shows you them, and you don't, and you know it ends. You have no idea who's won. You don't know what happened. Right. It has, and and it doesn't tell you at that moment. It's what it's interested in is slightly pulling the focus back and forth between um, Callum in the background, Paul Mescal's character, yeah. him in the background getting his beer and getting closer. And it does that thing of being like him watching, and so much of the film is literally push pull between him wanting to be involved as a parent, but not to get too involved as a parent, right. and like independence, but not too much independence. Um, and then later in the film, it goes back to that scene again. And it slips in the oh, then it will reveal oh, but she won that first race. But then right. it's like it doesn't matter that she won. It doesn't yeah. want you to celebrate her victory because her victory doesn't matter. And then another thing is the rug buying scene. Of this, it. Oh, I love that. I, I that scene also like I having not like I know that I understand spent like that this, much on a rug. This the setting of this film is extremely british because and, and this like, film is so right british. and like this my wife Ma the has, macarena has, film in it is the most <laughs> british thing i've seen in my life um Ma told me that when she watched it recently and she was like oh this is just like so familiar of like this is like these yeah. th- this this british thing of like these shitty resorts and like the places mm. that you go and stuff like that and so like most of that aspect of it did not really like resonate with me in the sense of like this looks familiar but like the rug buying scene was so familiar to me i i went to i my parents and my my brother and i went on a cruise uh, i don't know i must have been 17 or something um and one of the stops was in turkey and it was like that exact same thing where we went to uh, a rug shop and like they do this whole demonstration of like the the way that the rugs are are woven and everything and 
my parents bought and have two Turkish rugs on, in their house now, and they're beautiful rugs, but it was like that same and thing of like, I there'll, totally... There'll be pictures of them in the show description. If you look in the show description, there'll be pictures of those rugs. <laughs> sure, I can get some pictures of those rugs. Yeah! They're, they're beautiful. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was like, that was like so familiar to me. I was like, oh wow, this is like exactly the same thing of like the, you know, the Turkish guy and like the, all the rugs everywhere, and they offer you drinks, and they're very hospitable because mm. they want you to buy rugs, uh, and it works because they buy rugs, and so does Paul Mescal's character. That seems so cool though, because it's also like, it, it's it, you're not sure if he's going to buy the rug or not, and then it's just like it doesn't care about that uncertainty. And then it's like, right. well, he bought he bought he bought the rug by the way. It's it's not about that. Yeah, it's about the 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 thing that you go through, and it's a really expensive rug. And like, but it's just such a resonant experience. And I love the uns the ambiguous uncertainty. If you can tell that there's a point where he asks what the price is, and he's just like, oh, right. okay, well. I'm too deep in now, and I guess yeah. I'm just going to buy it then. Um, it's just like... Yeah, but, like, you can also... I mean, so much of it is, like, so... Subtle almost feels, like, reductive, but, like, I think that performance is just so brilliant, and, like, you can feel... It's, it's it, you can feel that, like, in that moment when he's buying the rug, that, like, yeah, it's way too expensive, and, like, you, it's already yeah. been established in the film that he is not someone that has a lot of money, and yeah. so, like you know that it's probably such a burden for him to be buying this rug, but at the same time, you can just feel like how important it is to him. And yeah, like he, that he, he will just, have he, this like memory of it. this, this important moment with his daughter. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, yeah, it's, it reminds me of when I was in Japan and we went to um, a variety of like game shops. I mean, like Emma wasn't interested, but she knew, she knew that, that I was interested and we walked around and like, I do this really frustrating thing of being like, I, I sometimes find it difficult to like buy stuff for myself because I'm just like, I don't need this. Yeah. Um, and I was like, walking around and like i really wanted to buy a japanese super nintendo or super famicom i really wanted to buy one and like in my head i'd be like but that's such a stupid right. like, <laughs> point to buy but i was like but it would be cool i was like i just want it i just want it yeah and like and eventually i did it's because emma kept saying i know that you want this why don't you just right. buy it and i was like well but it's it's frivolous she's like yes but i know you really yeah. want it please just buy it because i know it means something to right. you and it's that thing of being like oh yeah and and it you are right. It's the fact, like, yeah, this does mean something. And I, yeah. every time I walk downstairs, my Super Famicom doesn't even link up to my TV anymore because my TV doesn't have the correct input. Yeah. But I <laughs> smile. Every time I look at it, I yeah. smile. Like, it, I, I see it there. It's got a Japanese Street Fighter 2 just plugged into it. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I, I love yeah. that thing. Yeah, I, lo I, yeah, I do. I, it's the same thing. I love having stuff like that when you go on a trip and it's like, it, it, maybe the thing itself doesn't matter at all, but it's just like the, mm. the, the thing represents something else that 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 is... Uh, doesn't matter like what the thing itself is and yeah this, this movie gets is... that just the the sort of the emotionality the of that yeah. yeah and i want to talk about the use of music in this film i think the original soundtrack is phenomenal and it's so yeah. un it's so not the kind of score that wins awards but i think it right. might be my favorite soundtrack of the year because it's just okay. perfect for the film and it just has just amazing again it has like bits that get a bit otonal and weird and then bits that are melodious and that's the movie and the film has an amazing use of what I will call licensed music. Yeah. In that every song that's played is scene setting. And in a way that could be really trite, every time a song is playing, that song is directly commenting on the action. Like 100%. Yeah. No, it's very 100%. true. 100%. There's like a song earlier on I can't even remember, but like it's, it's very much describing exactly what Karen's character is feeling at that moment. Yeah. And then a more notable moment is the, the karaoke scene. Yeah. where oh. it feels like an appropriate karaoke choice 
And then as she starts singing those words, you're like, oh, wow. Yeah, I, um, and it's like, it, I agree. It, it seems like that would be cheesy, but it's at the same yeah. time, it's like, but that's what music is. You connect when there's yes. when there's music that you love and that you can connect the lyrics to events in your life and stuff like that. It's like, that's what you end up taking with you. And it's like, if you have a movie like that, that is, you know, so rooted in memory and remembering the past, it's like, of course, you're going to connect it to music that feels resonant to that specific time it's like maybe maybe none of that music was actually happening yeah at the time but it's like that's the music that she connects to those events whether it was there or not and i want to talk about the way that certain scenes collide with other scenes that just create like beautiful juxtapositions there's a a scene that stuck out to me on on the second watch of it cuts from a dad shouting at his daughter it may, it may be a song, I can't even remember, a, a, a child yeah. uh, being like, you're, you're making a scene, you're making a scene. And it's just like, it, and you can see Callum and, and Sophie in the front. And then their relationship is very, 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 very different to that. Yeah. And it cuts in that scene of that kind of like very different parenting to then Callum trying to teach Sophie self-defense. And that's an, in, that's an interesting association yeah. because that, that's, that's such another different parenting style. And then that scene becomes its own thing of just... He knows that he should teach her that because it's important. And he knows it's more important for her. And right. that scene encapsulates that he's so very aware of her being a woman in this world is going to be very, very difficult. Yeah. And she will have to do things that he can't do. And and there's so much in the film that's like, he can't just say, oh, it's because you're about to get assaulted. Right. Because you're a woman. He can't just say that to her because yeah. she's not ready to hear that yet. And he doesn't want to say it. And then it does that thing, which could be trite of, children are more perceptive than you think consistently of when she just says the point yeah. of like what happens if someone tries to like attack me in another way and he's just like well carrying on don't have an answer for that right <laughs> don't, yeah i'm doing the one thing is it's 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 it's, it's, a, it's about control and i i feel this way i i like things that i have control over because it life is difficult yes and sometimes it is very good to have like i can do this thing yeah and that gives me a bit of security and so much of the film is him doing little things that he knows, like, that is meaningful and that is done. Right. And then realising that, oh no, I, I can't. Yeah, it, we, we talked briefly before we started recording about the sort of the lack of dialogue in this film. And yeah. it's it's very, I mean, it's it's amazing because there is such a lack of dialogue, but it gets across so much, like so much of the film is, is completely unspoken, but I think it translates yeah. it just effortlessly um i mean obviously there's no clear answer to the sort of the what happens following the events of of the film but like yeah but it never poses it as a question which is which is is beautiful yeah it it, it, it's not this is not a what happened to blah this is not immortality the video game this is uh, (laughs) everything that's in the film is is within the film and it is a film entirely about this summer and its impact on someone looking back in the future who isn't in that summer anymore. And now, and I wrote about this in my review, that you were watching it for the first time, and arguably, Sophie is watching it for the first time. Yeah. Um, and because you are in that joint experience of, because you as the viewer are going to be older than 11-year-old Sophie watching this, realistically. Yeah. Um, you are picking up on things that 11-year-old Sophie does not pick up on. Right. So therefore you have this, and I always love that in film, you have the same experience of the characters. You And why yeah. it's emotional is because it's you, you, usually motor films, Spielberg, bless him, they force you to think a certain way. This movie is devastating 
because you work things out and yeah, you're like, very oh, much. that means that, and that's really, really sad. Yeah, no, it's interesting you said I didn't have a chance to rewatch the whole thing, but um, before we came on, I just wanted to rewatch the like the final fifteen minutes because I've watched that phenomenal. about five times. Yeah, it's um, it's amazing. Every now and then I, I put it on and watch it. I was. I guess not really shocked, but like I was watching it and I like started tearing up. I was like, just, I'm just like rewatching this this little bit of it, but it was like it just yeah, that no, it, it's made me it. cry every time. Yeah, every time. Um, but it's interesting you say that because there is that that shot at the end where it cuts to older Sophie and she is like she just is holding the camcorder, like she has just yeah. watched all of this basically along with you, which I think is is great. It's like you are watching like her reflecting in real time. Yeah. And I think that's, that's super important. I, I, I really love those, those just those and then few your, ending your, shots. Th- your thoughts map onto her perfectly. Right. And then that it ends with him. Like it, cause it, yeah. it's not about his absence. It's about his presence. It's about the, like this dad at this point. Yeah. Mattered in strange ways. And you did not know. Oh, just, there's a conversation partway through where she so perceptively, Sophie talks about just feeling sad sometimes. Yeah. And not knowing that means, and you know it's a very perceptive film about mental health. Like you, yeah. you know that that Callum is really, really struggling. Oh, yeah. In you know you you see it in overt ways and you see it in very small ways. Yeah. And you know that his response is, I feel that way too. But you know his response is, is that it's that fear of being like, is this my fault? Right. Like, do you feel that way because I feel that way? Is it? Is it a family thing? Is it a my presence thing? Am I not giving you the time I want to give you? And that his yeah. response is, "Let's have a good time, eh?" And yeah. it's just, um, and it was, it's just, yeah. It, so it, it is, it's like it's just perfect. It's yeah, just it's, perfect. And I mean, it's devastating because it's just he's just you can see him trying so hard, and it's just like that. I think that's what you said about like that being very perceptive about mental health is like it gets across both of those things so effectively of like you can tell how much effort he's putting into everything and how badly he wants it all to work and to be perfect but you can also see all of those those cracks in it and like how much he is struggling at the same time and he's really really struggling yeah there's just some phenomenal sequences that like really i'm just are just yeah devastating to watch of like you can you can see that and like that the the scene at night where he walks into the water is like the one that really just is yeah it's because again it's like it's that is completely wordless but you just also completely understand everything that is going on in his head in that scene and and the the ending sequence which is i just one of the my favorite things i've ever seen in my life um in film i think it's just phenomenal and and again it does that thing of like every line in under pressure is exactly what's happening right in the movie it's just like yeah it's so beautifully entwined and that 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 bowie verse you take the music away from it Bowie's voice is just so strange and haunting. Yeah. So like hearing really it a cappella is just like it, it that song, I can't listen to like I love that song. It's my favourite Queen song, so I'm not a big Queen fan, I'm a big Bowie fan. Right. <laughs> so and I'm like, the song's not as good anymore. I'm like, that that version that's just him singing is just like that vocal performance is so interesting. Right. It's um, I think I mean it's like it's kind of like the reverse of what I imagine it, it is for Sophie of like we are watching it and like now I'm never going to disconnect that song from the film, but it's like, yeah. I imagine that like she can no longer like every time she hear that song, hears that song. I imagine she's connecting it to yeah. her memories of, yeah, that, yeah, of yeah. that period. And it's just like, yeah. And, and, and that dance, which in my head, like in, in my, dare I say, head kind of the film, those dance sequences are that, that, that is, that is, that, that is projection. That is like, Oh yeah. It's, I think is, so. is, 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 yeah. is, is, is surrealist because there is a, 
a narrative in that dance that I find just beguiling of it starts with Sophie pushing adult Sophie pushing Callum away yeah. um, and not wanting and it's that thing of being like and in that moment it's just been like it's just been like where are you what is like I right it's it's I mean it's so much emotion in the act of like what like rejecting yeah. him because it's like simultaneously and, then, like the it's both things it's like the anger of like I am angry that you were not there, that you have not been here, that there is this absence, but also... Like, I didn't know these things. I'm angry right, that, that understanding of, like, I'm so angry with you, but also I understand now. You know, I'm angry like, with you because right. I love you a lot, and I want... Right. I also... And then it ends in, in, in the embrace and the, the words of Under Pressure. Oh, yeah. Uh, and... it, easily the, be- the best film of the year. I mean, I... I it's 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 so completely stunning just every every bit of it is so fascinating like i want to just like record like little like breakdowns of like of individual scenes be like look at this thing here it's so clever what it's doing yeah i I need to i need to rewatch the the whole thing because i like you said like i think that it can only benefit from like understanding more of like what it is going for throughout and like trying to kind of Mm. be able to unpack those those little things better of understanding the conclusion of it it's just also just so damn perceptive and so human. Like it's 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 again, I wrote my review. It's easy to philosophize and and intellectualize about it. Yeah. And I started my review of a goddamn like Kierkegaard quote. Like that that's the kind of the move this is. But, I think that quote is perfect for the film. I mean, it's I, it's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's it's the thing that stuck in my head when I watched yeah. it. That like like life is lived forwards, but can only be understood right. backwards. It's not that way around. I've got to quote backwards hilariously, <laughs> um, but yeah and that is the movie of being like you can't the present is overwhelming like yeah. the present you are literally constructing it as you go and you're always in it and therefore you can never really know and then you're like oh that was happening and i mean you're a little bit younger than me but like negligibly should be slow um every time i have like interactions with family now every time because i see family so infrequently yeah a thing comes up that's always been like sorry what i'm just right. like yeah. That was a thing. People like, keep bringing up because now, when you become an adult around your your parents or a family, they now start to talk to you about things that they did not speak to you when you were a child, and you're like, "Yeah, Wait, sorry, that was the case. That was going on. Wh- what?" And you're like, "Why?" Oh, right. Jesus Christ. Every now and then they just drop bombshells. Yeah. I'm, I'm oh. not gonna say what, but occasionally they just say things just like, "Huh." Yeah. Um, no, I've absolutely had those experiences. Yeah, where it's just like you you re- like it recontextualizes so many things, and you just have to kind of. To think back only, on it, yeah. You only think about your parents as people, as, as parents, sorry, and then now you know that they are people and the right. ways that you are struggling at the moment, then you're just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> interesting. It's, it's, the film gets gets it so much that means means a lot to me. Um, and I think that really means a lot to me is this idea that I'm... I'm, I'm you know, I'm I'm someone that I, I would I would like to have a family soon. Yeah. Um, very, very, very much so. Um uh, that's a conversation for another time um and this but i'm also someone that that does struggle with my own mental health quite a lot um and this idea right. of it being about somebody who is knows that they are not able to look after themselves in yeah. the way they want to but also how to be a completely solid guiding light for somebody else right and it's kind of implied that they didn't they didn't Okay, it's very explicitly implied they didn't expect it would ever happen. There's a heartbreak yeah, at the beginning. I was going to say, like, I think that's really what gets me is like I thinking about just where I am in my own life and and same thing, like struggling with with mental health stuff and like mm. it is made very clear. I think that like this was not 
something that happened intentionally no. and it's like to to imagine that of like if this just happened and like what how hard would that be to just like be tr- stuck in that situation and it's like and just have to to try your best and yeah and, it's 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 brutal yeah so there's a really heartbreaking bit towards the beginning where genuinely it's just somebody just asks him not aware of how horrible a question this is to be on the receiving end of being like oh you know so when 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 you were 11 my age did you think you'd be you know right. this is what your life would be like and you know and instead being like no yeah no, this is not yeah, how I th- and there's, my life would there's a lot of that of like her out. her as a child like asking things and saying things that like she just has no understanding of like just you don't have that context for and yeah. you don't know like because of that I mean that is what it's what it's about but it's like she just doesn't understand like what he is actually going through and it's like you you mm. make these comments and you ask these questions that like are clearly so hard for him to have to hear but it's just like it's it's also not her fault at the same time you know it's that that just childlike thing of, of not really understanding yeah and because also because he's he's just having a, a bad time and it like it brings up like an earlier birthday thing and the the karaoke scene where he he literally can't bring himself to do that right and he just can't and and then she has something to be like we've done it before and like it's something to be like yeah that was before um, right yeah and he, he he literally and like it is a sad because you do feel you'd be like come on man. there is a, a bit of you that's like dude come on like look, right. look her up there that's horrible but then he literally just can't he literally just he just right he it's just, it's it's like to watch it and and that is that is definitely your your thought is like why can't you just do it you know like just come on you have to it means so much to her but it's like then at the same time you the more like I think about that scene, the more I'm like, I, but I totally understand that. Like there have been times where I'm just like, I literally like, this is the smallest thing, but I I just, my headspace is like so far from this small thing that like, I just can't do it. And it's like, it's, I think that there is so much here that is just, we've talked about it so many times before, like, but like the, the specificity slash universality thing of like, I don't have a child. I, there's a lot here that I can't relate to, but like just the, the depiction of of struggling with your mental health yes. is just like so resonant and i think so universal in in so many ways and I, it's just yeah it's really what a stunning film yeah it's, it, it is the stiff upper lip movie it is the it, but it's like i feel like bridge of the require is like a stiff upper lip let's get over this and be british this this is that <laughs> but abstracted right um it's great that it's Scottish because it does feel very Lynn Ramsey-ish to me. I don't know if you've seen Morvan Cola. Yeah, um, yeah, that was one which you recommended. Of course, I did. Yeah, yeah. I think they, these films are quite, are quite similar. I think they they that's they a good yeah, it's a good connection there. That's a really good movie. Though they are quite like tonally distinct. Yeah, um, and Morvan Cola is a, is, a, is a lot darker um, oh, in some <laughs> ways, more. though right. also not as dark in other ways. Yeah, because this is not not a dark film. Um, yeah, I mean, we could just spend the rest of the day just <laughs> i think so it's um it's an awesome we love because it's 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 every inch of the film i just think it's just completely phenomenal just it is completely i phenomenal. i completely agree but steven do you want to move on from after sun and read a yeah. few emails yeah All i right. mean we also have to, it's also sorry we could just talk about how brilliant the title is oh yeah yeah the, I, I really love that that it's it's literally like that it's after the sun and also the after sun is a thing that you apply to a burn hurt that doesn't actually do anything but that makes <laughs> right. it feel better it doesn't yeah. it doesn't solve anything but it soothes for a little 
time and sometimes that is just what you need and like so much of the film is like putting bandages on gaping wounds and like there's nothing you can do yeah it's like um, because i remember there was a specific very specific point in the film where she is she has a speech that i can't remember because it's been a minute now but she she's talking about the the sun i can't remember do you remember yes, what that's yeah the, looking up the same sky looking up yes the same that's sky, that's the one and like, i know that you're looking at watching that and like the wheels kind of turning in my head and like understanding both the film and then like the title and then as yeah. it goes on like thinking back to that moment and i'm like it's just like then the title becomes devastating and i'm like oh jesus like uh yeah it's it's a lot yeah it's but it's i love when like there is there are those moments of like you go into it kind of not understanding what the title is but then you watch it and like kind of piecing it together and being like oh wow that's yeah. perfect you know as, like, as like as glass that. onion <laughs> just like glass onion because yeah. glass onion you're like i love that beatles song that's a great Beatles song. And then actually it is both like the Beatles song, which I'm presuming outside of the film you're not hugely familiar with that Beatles song. No, I'm not hugely um, familiar the, with that Beatles song. So that, that Beatles song is, and this may be like Glass Onion more, the point of Glass Onion the Beatles song is it's a Beatles song about Beatles songs deconstructing the myths behind Beatles songs. Oh, well, that um, makes perfect sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's them going through about like people say some of their songs and it's like it's not actually what you think. So it's got like... Um, it's got the line the walrus was pulling it so the, I and the walrus been that, that song about John Lennon right. being like no well, actually here's a, here's another clue for your old the walrus was pull um, it's just lots of like ah here's this song actually no don't worry it's <laughs> so that, that's, oh, that's great also, it's also why the film is called that that's awesome no I yeah I'm just very excited to find out what the next Knives Out story is going to be titled the, uh, I like his yeah, we've, his, we've, his we've, naming conventions have been great so we've gone Radiohead we've gone The Beatles um, I don't know what's next what's the i can't remember the something there's like a i think it's a steely dan song that calvin really wants him to well, pick it, what, pretzel no, or something he's, he's, he, no he's going for very specific regional british bands he's gone for well Oxford's i believe that, Radiohead. Yeah. he's gone for liverpool's to be it's it's gonna be oasis isn't it? it's gonna be goddamn oasis <laughs> wonder wall and knives out mystery <laughs> <laughs> do look back at that um, someone okay. here is looking back in anger <laughs> and i say don't <laughs> I said, maybe oh you were going to be the one that saved me. But after all, <laughs> oh, my wonder woman. I hope you get cast. Today was going to be the day. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I was going to solve his misery. By now, you should have realized. <laughs> I think your would your brother criticize your accent there? Is he think? Yeah, yeah, I think you would. I think you would. I thought that was quite good. I thought that was uh, a... <laughs> All right, let's get into some emails. We have a few here. Yeah. Uh, first one from our friend Bravo. I think this might be Bravo's first email, so welcome Hello. to the show. Oh, what a um, great dude. Hello, spoilers. A couple of questions. What movies are you excited about this year, and which ones will you all be covering? So there's more to this, but let's start with that, because I have some notes, and you have some notes as well. Yeah, I wrote, I wrote a list. I wrote a list. I like my list. You wrote a list. I wrote a list. I'm just going to go for your list first. I was going to say, so do you still have 20? Arguably. Arguably. Okay. Let's do. Let's. I was gonna. Arguably, it's twenty (laughs) four. Oh my god! When I had ten, and I figured that you would have about ten, I was gonna suggest let's alternate. So let's alternate, but we'll do two of yours and then one of mine. No, 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 no. No, my 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 list works as an arrow. Okay. God. All right. Um. I. 
I'm very curious to see what your list is going to be now. Um, I have 10 films here. Um, it was kind of cool. just the first pass through what um, what I've been looking forward to, and, and I'm sure I'm oh, missing sorry, many to things. To deal with the second question, um, what we feel about the week before is very much the, Oh, yeah, I was, the, I was going we, to, to get to that as well. But we when we started the show, we were trying to plan much more in advance, but I think we've pretty much completely abandoned that, uh, especially yeah. like the releases being oh. often completely different times in the u.s and the uk combine that with me so things often early and then just our every other week schedule and it's like we never know when we're going to record what's going to be out and yeah. and what we're, we'll seem, be... seamless listener this feels effortless and seamless <laughs> right and and what will be fresh in our minds so it's kind of just like hey we're gonna record this weekend what do you want to talk about what have we both seen and then we just kind yeah. of end up putting a list together of, of kind of what's at the top yeah. of our minds so um i'm sure that i could say that i'm excited to talk about all of these films but i have no idea if we'll talk about any yeah. of them i mean it, it who knows it's, it's really up in the air um what we will end up talking about but i'm sure that we'll end up talking about several of these um hopefully starting with brandon cronenberg's infinity pool which is the first okay. movie on my list and i don't is there do you know if the release is also the end of the month in the Feb- uk it yeah, is? i think well i think february so okay. i think a tiny bit later but really soon um, oh yeah yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm so glad that that's just like coming out i was i was a bit disappointed that i'm not doing sundance this year but when i saw that this was premiering at sundance and i was like oh this is a bummer because it's going to premiere and then i'm not going to see it for probably mm. months like most things mm. but when neon was like january 27th i was like oh perfect you know it's that's right around the corner so super excited for that um if it actually gets a u.s release this year i am extremely excited for miyazaki's how do you live which i know has a japanese release this year but i don't you know who knows oh yeah, yeah. um come to america but yeah I, yeah it'd be good for him to make a good movie again um I, <laughs> what was was what was the last was the last wind rises miyazaki wind rises that's wow it's almost been 10 which is good which is good which is good (laughs) i love the wind rises it's just not great it's just not Um, good it's good so that one that one we have no idea when that's going to release but another one that is also soon uh magic mike's last dance i'm going to put it out there i'm excited for it is Um, soderbergh back yeah it's soderbergh this time oh yeah 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 i thought so yeah okay then add that that's 25 (laughs) 25 god um Mine aren't in order of, of interest. Mine are in a, a sporadic order. Mine aren't in any order at all. It was just the order of me writing them down. Um, Actually, my first two are in order of interest. Okay. Interest. All right. Um, I knew that this wouldn't be on your list, but Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Um, I really oh. love Christopher McQuarrie's Mission you, Impossible well, movies. It's not on my list, but you should have made that prediction because there are some films on my list. I mean, I have okay. three superhero films, I think. Okay. Well, you did tell me this list is dumb when you <laughs> when you were. Yo, it good, it's together, very so. dumb. It's a very okay. dumb list. Um, but genuinely very excited. I Mission Impossible Fallout is is okay. I think one of the well, I totally disagree with that. I think it's one of the best action movies of the last ten years. But um, continuing, uh, Linklater's Hitman, which I am extremely interested. I liked in. I liked the video game so. Uh. <laughs> don't think it's i don't think well, although it is um oh, what's his name glenn powell's playing 12 Tim characters Jarrell's so maybe he's just playing hitman dressing <gasps> up in different oh costumes. God, maybe it's just agent 27 <laughs> <laughs> oh that would be great maybe it is um, i hope link later yeah. makes a good movie this time because apollo 10 and a half is really bad oops i just lowered my I chair think, i don't think it's really bad i think it's a mediocre film with bits in it that i like 
Um, it made me rethink about filling up my car. Every time I fill up my car now, I think about that movie. I don't even remember the filling up your car there's sequence a bit, in that. There's a bit where someone pumps gas for him, because apparently that happens in America. And he In some places like, it sometimes, yeah. Yeah, he won't let them go until they've shaked out the... Um, oh. <laughs> the, oh, that's I do, right, I do remember that. I do think about that now. I, and now I do find myself just, like, shaking the tube a little bit. So oh, that, I, I that, always gotta get all, all the gas you can. It's expensive. That movie <laughs> genuinely changed... So there you go, that movie sticks with me more right. than most movies in the world. I think that movie uh, every time I fill up my car. I think this is slated to release this year. Uh, Michael Mann's Ferrari. Uh, just oh. excited because I love Michael Mann. Um... So super, uh, yeah. super cool. excited Except um, How to blow up a pipeline? Um, I guess, I guess, Daniel I guess Ferrari. Well, I guess Ferrari won that in the in the Ford versus Ferrari um, fight. Because uh-huh. <laughs> I guess there's, there's not a film called Ford coming out. So I guess. Uh, I mean, that's true. There is not a film called Ford coming out. Yeah. Um, so I almost added this onto my list. That you're talking about, and then I realized it'd be a lie because I love this movie. It was yesterday because you posted being excited for it and i looked it up and then then i became excited for it but okay. i was like i can't include it because that would be a lie because i don't really know what this film is i don't really know either but i've heard only super positive things about it i was hoping that we would get um screeners for this year but we did not so i maybe the the full release will be 23 and that'll be when we'll uh, include it but yeah it, it, i've only heard great things about it i know a uh, friend of the show reiner loved it um and i'm just i'm super interested the director i watched his other film which is a film called cam which is really interesting oh. um have you seen cam no that didn't look very good it's it's really interesting um it, a film about cam girls and it's got a very i think um Am good I look at something at, else i think i'm confusing something maybe else. you are um but it's it, the film is about a, a cam girl who suddenly one day realizes that her account has been taken over by like an exact re- exact replica of herself and she is locked out of her account and like can't cool. access it at all and there's he gets so much mileage out of just the horror of being locked out of an account which is like Cool. Such a such a tangible thing that like everyone can understand of like being frozen out of your Soderbergh-y. like own social that media. That sounds like the kind of movie that Soderbergh would make. I like that. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. I think the it kind of fumbles the the end a little bit, but like I can tell that like he has such a great eye and like there's such a there's a great directorial um, ability there. So I'm really excited for um, his next movie. Um, and then uh, rounding out my list, John Woo has a movie coming out supposedly this year. Um, oh yeah silent night which i think has no dialogue which I sounds it's great pre- it's it's a prequel to silent well i guess because it's silent night daily night and silent Deadly right. Night part two um so very excited to see <laughs> the definitely. first half of it um but i i mean i'm always excited for more john woo so um that should be so great my list i would like to point out okay. is entirely made up from things that were on a web page that i found okay. so Okay. As in, it's, it was a webpage of things released in 2023. So, like, I may gotcha. I may have included things like Ferrari, um, not versus Ford, um, because I'd like if it had been on the list, I probably would have added that. So, if a film's gotcha. not on here, just presume it's. Okay. Also, I added I added a few things from my brain. Okay. Um, so number one, my number one and two are a joint most excited. Number one, Barbie. I cannot cannot wait. I Barbie. should have added that. I, I am excited for Barbie. Just yeah, can't wait. It just looks awesome. Very just 
whatever that film is, it's gonna be interesting. I Number two, Ennis Men. One hundred percent. I knew that was gonna the be on your list. New Mark Jenkins film. I think it's out really soon. Just absolutely I think can't so, wait. Yeah. Um, I need to so, watch yeah, Beat that, still. So th- those and. So my number two point five. So th- this is okay. gonna like indicative for us that my actual most cited anticipated film is the is the after of this year, the film that I don't know exists, and then then oh, I yeah. watch it and I'm like it's brilliant. That that's what I'm actually looking for. So I've not actually included many like art housey things on here because like I like to be surprised by those things. Right. So this list is very very populist. Um, okay. So this is just this is things that I know I'm going to watch. Right. And they're mostly sequels. Because I that I get anticipated for sequels to yeah. movies that I like, okay. whereas I'm not like anticipated for Art House in the same way. So I know I'm just going to watch it, and then right. I'll probably love it more. Yeah, but whatever. Fair. So okay. number three, Ant Man and the Wasp three, or whatever it's called, Quantum Quantum Mania. Yeah, um, uh, whatever is my opinion I, on that one. I love the Ant Man movies because they're really really good. Um, I like the first Ant Man. Ant Man Two is okay. And uh, I think Ant-Man I'm just I, I'm just so checked out of the MCU at this point. Like I don't think I I don't know how I can be excited for anything else. I don't like the trailer for this movie, but I like, I, I like, I like Ant-Man. Ant-Man's cool. So I want a new Ant-Man movie. Um, number four, um, John Wick 4. Um, yeah, definitely. I actively didn't want a John Wick 4. I wanted it to be a trilogy and was a bit I like, agree. what? And yeah. then John Wick 3, I was like, I'll tie this up. But now, watch the trailer. I'm excited. Cool. Number five, the D&D movie. They're making a D&D movie. I'll have watch seen, a D&D have movie. Have you seen the trailer for that movie? No, I don't. I don't care if it's good or not. I'm intrigued. I'm in. I I love D and I'm intrigued for a D and D movie. It's fair to be intrigued. If you saw the trailer, I don't think you would be intrigued. It looks. I, it looks very terrible. Well, that's still anticipated for me. Then that's okay, still like enough, a, definitely definitely going to watch it. Th- th- that's what this list is. This list is a uh, yeah definitely things um, I will watch this year. Okay, that's fair. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Um, six Mario. Like yeah yeah. Um. I get to feel it looks really good, apart from the obvious soporific Chris Pat performance. Um, I think it looks really good. Um, I'm going to read this list out exactly how I've named things, because I didn't okay. look up the actual names of movies, okay. because I don't care. So in at seven is Evil Dead Revengeance. Um, uh, it's Evil Evil Dead Rise. No, I'm pretty sure title. it's called Evil Dead Revengeance. Okay, I'm pretty sure, sure it's Evil Dead. <laughs> have you played Metal Gear Rising Revengeance? What a, no, what but I know about a, it. <laughs> what a brilliant video game. Have I seen the trailer of this? No. Do I know anything about it? No. Is it I have also not movie? watched the trailer, because like you yes. said, I know I will see the trailer at some point, so whatever. It's a new Evil Dead movie, so I'm excited because yeah. it's an Evil Dead, Evil Dead movie. Like, come on. It's on the list. Eight, Spider-Verse 2. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I'm glad Nine. we took different approaches to this list. Transformers Beast Wars edition. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like Transformers a lot. Do you like any of the Transformers movies? Yes, Bumblebee. Okay. So, okay. That makes sense. But no, I I, I love Transformers. I, the Michael Bay movies, I think, are absolutely crap. Um, I quite like the first one. The first one's fine. Um, um, Bumblebee, I think, is really, really good. Um, okay. Because I love Transformers. <laughs> the, the children's cartoon. It meant a lot to me as a child. And I like Beast Wars, and I've seen the TV series, and I'm excited for a Beast Wars Fair movie. Right. Maybe may be good. I like, I like be- Optimus Primal. You know, I'm excited for that. Do you know who's making the... No. Directing? No, no idea. No. I don't know if it was why, like the why, Bumblebee guy again or anything. Why would I know that? All right. Um, okay. <laughs> Ten. Indiana Jones, The Pick of Destiny. <laughs> okay. I don't remember... I actually don't remember the actual title of that movie, because I think it was I've no idea. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's that. I'm pretty sure that's what the movie okay. is called. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's called Indiana Jones, The that Pick would, of Destiny. Uh, I would be much more excited. I mean, I am excited, because it's Indiana Jones, but... Yeah. I, yeah. I like um, uh, the guy whose name I'm blanking on now, uh, who's directing it. What the hell is his name? Um, Steven Spielberg. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the guy that did uh, Logan... 
What the hell is it? I feel bad that I'm oh, forgetting Oh, Ford versus Ferrari guy? Ford versus Ferrari And Ford guy? versus Ferrari, yeah. Um, I'm not going to tell you. Oh my god, I do have to look it up. I'm not going to remember, and I don't want to just have a bunch of dead air of me not remembering his name, which is I, I James could... Mangold. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, really yeah, Mangold that one. Forward. Um, in at number 11 is, I'm going to read out verbatim, five unannounced Hong sang Su movies. Five? Wow, that's a. That's I'm a big presuming year. that's a guess. I'm that's a guess. I've no idea. I'm just going <laughs> to presume that Hong Sang-soo is going to make five movies. I'm going to watch okay. them all. Um, Twelve. That other Claire Denis film I haven't seen. Stars at noon. I don't know what it's called. Okay, well that's what it is called. <laughs> um, <laughs> but also 13. not this year, but. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's not out here yet. Oh, okay. Um, Thirteen. Inside. I, what? I don't know what it is. It was on the list. And here's you why. You don't know what it is? Oh, is that the Willem no. Dafoe movie? I don't know. I've heard it, but it's in the title. And here's why. <laughs> I have seen two films called Inside, and I disliked okay. both of them. So I want to like a film called Inside. So therefore, I listed Inside on this list. Because I, I want think... to like a film called Inside. I want to say this was on Calvin's list um, of his, of, of our, 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 I guess our site's list of the most anticipated films of the year. I believe it is a Willem Dafoe movie where he is locked inside... Um, an art gallery Locked inside Lewin Davis trying to rob maybe it's like Inside Man which Ooh. is a good movie yeah I like Inside Man I like Inside Lewin Davis I want to like <laughs> Inside I didn't like Inside and I really didn't like Inside so what about Inside Out I like that okay. so it turns out you put a word after Inside okay. I'm, in, that, I'm into the, it that's the, that's the secret that's the secret, secret, secret. just Inside by itself no um, 14 The Marvels 14 we have 10 more <laughs> <laughs> No, the Marvel. Really okay. No, the, the twenty-four includes the five Hong Sang-soo films. Oh, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Fourteen, the Marvels. I liked Ms. Marvel, the TV series. I thought the first two episodes were spectacular, I and mean, the rest okay. were okay. Um, but I, 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 I'll watch that. Fifteen, Meg Two, underwater sightseers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, ben Wheatley I, is making a Meg movie. Ben Wheatley is making a Meg movie. I, I, I mean, yeah. How could you not be interested in that? I, I agree. It's not on your I'm list. It's not on my list, but I am interested. I will absolutely see it. 16, Gran Turismo. What's that going to be? What? That's they're a making movie? A, they're making a Gran Turismo film. What? A licensed Gran Turismo film. Why? How? I think okay. it's going to be like that um, Final Fantasy Dad of Light movie, where I think it's like a story about people playing the game and like bonding through the game, maybe? That I would is prefer not what it I was to be about <laughs> ultra-detailed car models. I want it to be about just real nice looking cars and like soft Japanese electronic jazz in my head you started saying I think it's going to be like and in my head I went like oh like initial D and then you went like that Final Fantasy <laughs> and I was like what, what? Of, you've seen Dad of Light I hope it's I mean, like I a live action red line that's what I want so yeah Grand. no that would be like a burnout movie this is Gran Turismo this is serious oh this you're is, right this is you go to the car wash and you get your license so it's going to be like a bad trials. Fast and the Furious movie I, I want to see what if Fast and the Furious is about who can drive the best in terms of like real clean obeying the traffic rules? That's what I want. <laughs> is, is Gran Turismo about that? It, that? Gran Turismo is like, do you remember when one of the I think it was five came out and you would get rewarded for like clean, good driving online? And like it had Top Sounds Gear like content on it. And like the Top Gear content, I mean, Top Gear is not very good, obviously, for a variety of reasons. But the Top Gear content, like, totally didn't work because like the whole game is like drive properly. Now, like, here's this like crazy, <laughs> here's this like crazy setup. Now drive very what? seriously. 
oh, what a weird concept for a game. Oh well, I I'm now Gran- in, interested in this film because I have no I agree I have no idea. What have you not played be. Gran Turismo games? Gran Turismo games are just like serious no. car sims. Let's like simulate. I mean, I know it's like the... working on my car and then I drive it very cleanly around a track. I mean, I know that it is the like it's the Sony equivalent of the Forza games, or at least sorry, the, the mainline Forza games. But <laughs> sorry, Forza is the. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm just saying Whoa. I played the Forza I games. I think when Forza came out, um, when sorry, Grand Theft came out, Forza didn't even exist. The Xbox didn't even exist. Vaughn, all right. I should never talk to you about video games. This is really Ugh. what I've. Gran Turismo. I like. I like Gran Turismo. All right. <laughs> Leave me alone. Seventeen. The Exorcist. Oh yeah, there's an Exorcist remake yeah. this year, isn't there? Who's is from, there? A... From what you call him? Perfect. I know who that is. David Gordon Green. Oh, that's right, David Gordon Green. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. All right. Hell yeah. Eighteen. Expendables Four. What is that gonna be? <laughs> Expendables Four. What is that gonna be? Why have they How... chosen 2023? Do you finally make Inventables 4? What the I hell mean, is that going to be? Is it the same? Every All those guys are like 75 now. I mean, what the, are they going to... Like, the pitch of the first one was they were too old to be in a movie. That was a long time ago now. <laughs> they made two what more and now they're making What is this movie going to be? I want to say, I feel like I was looking at someone is... Alright, now I need to look this up. Because I feel like I, I was looking at it for some reason the other day. This is gonna be me. This is the that's that's stupider than my list. Segment. The fact that you were looking at um, Expendables Four the other day. I was oh, cause it, I was looking at uh, Eco Uwais's filmography, and he's gonna be in Expendables Four. So maybe that's why I'm excited for it. Because um, well, he be was he was he and the Raid Crew was so great in The Force Awakens that I'm sure that's gonna be really worthwhile. The Raid Crew was good, however, in John Wick Three. So yeah. Do you remember that goddamn bit in Force Awakens? Do you remember? Because I was legitimately it's excited. It's so stupid. When yeah. they cast those people, because they put a press release being like, we've cast some people from the raid. And I was Don't like, they just like raid. show up on. Um, they show up and die. And, get... and then they just die? Yeah. Yeah. They get eaten by that space yeah. octopus. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. It reminded me of when I got really angry at Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> for many reasons. Okay. Um, but one of the reasons I was angry about it is because they cast like a proper actor to say Groot lines. I'm like, this just seems genuinely oh. wasteful. Like, just that's an anyone... interesting reason to be angry at that film, I guess. But okay. it really annoys me. I'm like, why? Like, that's just such a horrendous use of money of just. Well, okay, that's oh. fair. That's fair. All right, what's what's oh. the what are we at? Like one or two left in your list? Yeah, uh, nineteen. The rest of June. Is that this year? Or is that next year? I thought yeah. that was next year. It said on my list that Doom would come out, so the rest of it. Oh. I'd like to see the rest of that movie. <laughs> I would also like to see the rest of that movie, I Cause, agree. Because the first half of it was interesting, but it stopped, and I would like to see the rest of it, please. <laughs> and 20's Infinity Pool, because it was red. <laughs> um, also, I forgot to mention this one, uh, but Shin Kamen Rider is coming out this year, so I'm oh, very excited cool. for that. I like it. I like a uh, Shin. So yeah, that's my 24 movies that I'm looking for. Okay, alright. Well, that's a... We're going to cover the Gran Turismo movie on this podcast. It's probably more likely that we'll be talking about more of the movies that you just mentioned than the ones that I mentioned, but you know, that's yeah, okay. Yeah, boy. It'll be, I think, mostly because it's more likely for those big films to get more simultaneous releases, whereas like a lot of the art house stuff ends up totally Yeah, separate. inside podcast going to roll. <laughs> Don't know what that movie is. A movie you don't know anything about. <laughs> I know what it's called. Okay. Someone's um, inside something. Well, that was... I don't know how long that digression was to answer that question, but there's still more left in, in Bravo's email. Um, and he says one bigger question, but I, I don't know if we can get bigger than that answer. 
Oh. Um, what makes an acting performance quote-unquote good? I realize Vaughn might be covering this in another podcast. We kind of did, yeah. But I wanted to ask you both here. Is it believability, relatability? Is it acting against an actor's perceived type? Is it just following the director's directions well? Or is it demonstrating emotions as strongly and intensely as possible? I ask because I watched About Schmidt recently, which stars Jack Nicholson acting completely against what, his normal type. What's that type. film about? I don't know. I have not... Are you okay? Oh, Schmidt. Right. Sorry. Yeah, I got it. Got it. God, I, I, I took that way too seriously. <laughs> He's muted, downtrodden, and understated, but was it a good performance? I honestly don't know. So, help. I'm curious what your... I, I have talked about this briefly with Kelvin on our show. I'm, I'm curious what your answer is. Well, it's like the Supreme Court and pornography, isn't it? It's what? It's like the Supreme Court and pornography. Is it like when, that? when the Supreme Court had to give a definition of what pornography was to oh, make laws, okay. I see. What you because mean. you need it, you need a taxonomy, because right. otherwise you can say that blah. Because there are laws against what when something is classified as porn, it means you can do certain things to it right. that you can't do to art house film, for example. And the official, the official, this is no lie. Yeah. Supreme Court definition of pornography is, you know it when you see it, uh-huh. and that's it. A good performance, you know. And I know this is a, this is a bad answer. Because it is all of those things, Bravo. It's apart from the direction one. I don't think it's direction. Like taking direction. I will also disagree. That's good direction. I I don't think it's direction. I also don't think it is performing as strongly and intensely as possible. Yeah, no, it's, Um, yeah. It can be. Because Nicolas Cage can can do that and that's brilliant. But I think, I, I don't know if it's this podcast or if I talked about this on a, on a different show, but Something I think about a lot ever since I, I read slash listened to um, this book, but Sidney Lumet's book, he talks about um, I have to read that. a good movie. It's, it's such a great movie, making movie or a great book, making movies. Um, but he talks about a good movie comes out of everybody on set making the same movie when everybody yeah. is, is, is on the same page and is making the same thing. And that's kind of just like, that's, I think that, that just, I think about that so often and I think that works really well with with performances it's like i i don't think it's necessarily one specific thing i don't necessarily care about like what exactly the actor is doing as long as they are meeting the film and and everything Mm. the film is trying to accomplish i i want it to all mesh together and it's like we talked about like michelle williams and fablemans earlier and it's like yeah maybe on its own you can take that out of the film and say that's a good performance you know objectively just acting wise but i don't think she is acting in that movie i think she's her performance belongs somewhere else i don't think that she is meeting that film in the way that that film is asking and so like that to me is not a good performance in that film because it's not meeting the the film itself and so like that's that's what i i think to me becomes a good performance is when the performance meets the film in a good film i agree but then i do think if there are several times where i go this performance is better than this movie um that yes i i that's true um but that is a that is a good take of what a good performance should be of when everything's working together you you you're very right good good question but i think it's it is hard to define it's it's context it's it's what it's what the film needs because sometimes it is the the because if it's comedic it can be the large overblown thing it can be the daniel craig silly accent but then it also can be the very subtle human thing and it's right it is you, you know when you see it it's the thing that's needed at the time um, and the I, thing that I, works for you, dare I say. When I think about performances, I think a lot about um, Marriage Story. 
because I remember when that film came out, there was a lot of of discourse about those performances and about specifically um, the the big argument scene um, between um, Adam Driver and then Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. But like, I remember that just that clip being posted a lot. And so many people like tearing it to shreds and talking about how it's a ridiculous performance and it's so bad. And I'm like, you are watching a a 30 second clip that is completely devoid of the context of the film. And that, you know, when you're, when you don't have the context, you can't just pick apart the performance. And it's like, I think that whole scene fits perfectly in that movie. I think that movie is fantastic. And I think within the context of the rest of the rest of the film, that makes perfect sense. But yeah, of course, if you remove it from everything else, then you can pick it apart and call it ridiculous because you don't have any of the emotional context of the rest of the film. So I I think for me, the best performances maybe are when you stop seeing the performance. Um, Oh, definitely. Yeah. That's that's a good way to phrase it. Yeah. you, you, You don't think of it as this person is doing acting. You just like that kind of like leaves your mind because even sometimes you're like, oh, this is some real good acting and that can be distracting. I like it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, this is no, very true. Stop seeing the craft, and you just see the yes, this works. So the answer is there's a lot of different answers. Uh, <laughs> I think is what we've learned today. Mm. The um, answer is, do you know they're making a Gran Turismo movie? Brothers, you know that? they're making a Gran Turismo movie. <laughs> they're making Why? a Gran Turismo movie. Um, Bizarre. But then uh, he ends it with thanks for the endless insightful shows. Here's to endless more. Bravo. Thank you very much. Thank you for writing in. Those were great questions. Um, Thank you. And it was good to kind of look at this year's slate and think about mm-hmm. what we might end up talking about, which, of course, I'll, I have no idea. And I'll know, you know, in two weeks when we start to record the next one. But I hope the movie is mostly based on Gran Turismo concept, like the, the GT3 kind of like preview game they made. I Somehow, like, I, I you... I don't even there's just like there's an endless well of like references that you can pull out to like stuff that I just have no idea what you're talking about it's truly amazing thank Um, you I like that (laughs) um, an email from Calvin hey Calvin Um, what are the movies that have moved you the most what about movies especially provides you with the biggest feelings and is there something that gets you every time or something that you find never works keep up the great work and happy new year calvin happy new year calvin thanks for happy new year calvin what gets me every time vaughn is when that train is arriving at that station and i'm watching it at night i run away because i feel (laughs) that train's gonna hit me every time (laughs) and what works every time is whatever works the the woody allen um larry david vehicle whatever works well that's thank you for emailing calvin that's the answer to that question and we'll move on now and (laughs) for the the record that movie sucks i don't like it at all (laughs) okay um you you had a pretty you said you had 10 films right i think i I have six written down here actually kind of seven because two yeah yeah my 10 films is actually 13 i think but it's because some of them are like this slash this okay Um, yeah i have one i have one this slash this um why don't you kick us off here? I'm curious what your answers are. Yes, yeah, so the movies that move the 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 motion pictures or the emotion pictures, as I like to call them. Um, number one, um, Elephant Sitting Still um, is okay. a film I watched that I think about all yeah. the time. I mean, I guess I could have put Apollo ten and a half on this. But <laughs> apparently, I think about that. All the time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know Elephant if that's really Sitting. in the spirit of the question. <laughs> yeah, move me. Um, Elephant Sitting Still is just such an, an emotional, beautiful, yeah. wonderful, perceptive, brilliant film about Need depression. To watch. Yeah. Um, and I think about it all the time, and it really, yeah, it 
it opened up things and obviously the the thing the credits around it's very very sad um and it's all in the film and yeah love and sing still is brilliant who both film oh it's good it's good you want to alternate you want me to yes okay. please um i just kind of it, it's just i didn't think too much about this like it was just kind of the first few you're like, things you're like that came to mind don't um, think just feel it did you put Tenet on your list? No, Tenet is not on my list, which is a movie okay. that I like, but it did not move me. Um, Moved you backwards. So, so I'm sure that if I went through, I, I could find probably um, many more answers to this, but uh, this is just kind of the stuff that, that popped up for me. Um, but the first one I have is is Little Fish, which is a... Oh, what's a good movie. It's a really, really good movie, and it's just like, it's one for me, Like, and I think that kind of speaks to the stuff in a wider sense that, that generally hits me, which is... It's just, I mean, and I think it's it's the same for anyone, which is, what is that face you're making? I just realized I was thinking of the wrong movie. Oh, okay. I was thinking of Big Fish. Oh, I was like, I didn't think you'd seen this. Yeah, uh, I was like, oh yeah, Big Fish is good. I really, I really no, like Big Fish. Um, I was surprised. But Little Fish is, is such a specific, and I know that not a lot of people like it as much as I do, but like it is such a specific movie and like that I see so much familiar stuff and yeah the things that it is about it's just like it i think about it very fondly very often it is a very a a very moving film for for a lot of reasons that are very specific to me but that's like that's that's generally i think what um ends up being the films that move me is when you can really kind of see yourself on on screen there's there's definitely one on there that's very much just like oh yeah it's just yeah it hit it hit close to home Um, this next one isn't that certainly um but I think, as would have been predicted by many people, Blue, the Derek Jarman mm, film. Yeah. Um, and especially, I had the chance to do this almost a year ago, actually, in a gallery and just sit there being surrounded by Blue. Um, yeah, Derek Jarman's kind of like epitaph on, on film with him talking about him yeah. dying um, due to HIV leading to, to AIDS um, and the loss of his sight and faculties. It's incredibly moving. It's a, a different thing that film can do. I like different film. Um, Blue, it's... Yeah, you cannot not be moved by blue. If if you can, I realize that. Yeah, people will be like, "What even is this?" Um, but yeah, blue is good. All right, my next one, which is one. <coughs> excuse me. I still have a bit of a cold, so if I, I'm sure I sound a bit I think, sniffly I on this you. podcast. <laughs> um, but uh, one that I actually just recently rewatched and still uh, moved me a lot, and one that you also mentioned earlier, which was is inside Lou and Davis. Oh, sorry. No, not the Grand Turismo. Um, <laughs> that will that will move you because it's about cars. Oh my god! <laughs> um, but yeah, Inside Lewin Davis is. I mean, it's 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 the same thing. It's just like I I see um, so many little pieces of myself in that movie um, in a lot of ways, and it's just it, it moves me every time. It is it is such a such an amazing film. It is, I agree. But what I keep thinking is now is what if the Grand Turismo film is like the Pixar Cars movies? what the cars are talking about i doubt that it's gonna be like that i would be shocked if it was i imagine though maybe they should have hired what if one of them is tiff nadell what if tiff nadell is one of the cars (laughs) this all seems very unlikely Uh, i think we i think tiff nadell will be in it that's my prediction here's my prediction you might go into this you might you might be the only one that ends up going into gran turismo with high expectations (laughs) um so my next film is two films it's a ken loach double bill of so the here's kind of like the the films that he put out 
quite very very similar so in terms of like modern britain is bad because of the tories um so i younger blake which okay yeah. devastating and to 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 live in the wake of that movie and be seeing what what is doing in that film speaking so presently and that it still holds up as that society and then sorry we missed you which is a film that i thought i was going to have to leave the cinema because there was a there's a, there's a bit in it that hit a bit too close to like okay. lived experience yeah. for me uh, in terms of like family dynamics and i was like i'm just gonna i just sat there just like cried very 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 loudly instead but um i yeah i almost decided to just leave the cinema because i was just really could not deal with it um because it was so perceptive and because it's it's it's, it's quite so moving so yeah those those ken loach movies which are very much on the piece to me right um i have a slash as well which i, I should have a done slasher. all three um but I wrote down before midnight and before sunset. I thought you would. I um, didn't. I didn't include those because I thought you would. So I'm glad. You yeah, did. I, and I mean, it's interesting that I put those two because sunrise is the one that I always come back to and is on my my top ten list that we recently published. But mm-hmm. like before sunset, for whatever reason, makes me cry every time. And before midnight, I think. Uh, well, hit, yeah, for, it, for obvious yeah. reasons. Um, before midnight, I think just hits me the hardest every time of like of those three, um, because before midnight is like so much so like raw and and real and it's just like yeah i mean that one that one gets me every time but yeah those those two specifically i I mean i do love before sunrise the most but it doesn't move me in in that same way i went for the watermelon woman um okay because i i am probably moved by its existence and then the if anyone's seen it there's the sequence at the end where it reveals like kind of why the movie exists I just think about the time and it's just like incredibly just like a we don't have we were not allowed to have a history in films we may when Arthur made a film about it um this person doesn't exist and never will um and that's just like a what a great way of using film and what an important thing and I just was so that just resonated with me a lot and and then moved me a lot for that reason so I think The Watermelon Woman is, is such an important film because it's vital and then that that ending point is just like wow that's gosh i think about that a lot quite a lot i think that's i mean i I feel like we've revealed something unintentionally which is just like stuff that you end up thinking about a lot you know like the stuff that Mm. that is the most moving it's like the stuff that really sticks with you um the second half of my list here i have i have three more um these are less so um like stuff that i see myself in than just kind of movies that have moved me a lot um but the thai film die tomorrow which i'm sure as you can understand just from the title um is is a is an incredibly moving film and just like another one that like i think about a lot of just like just the the content of it is just like i mean conceptually it is basically just like a film that is sort of reconciling with the idea Mm -hmm. that like anyone could you know die tomorrow and that you know we we are here but you know, I, who well, knows yeah, what's, what's link, going to link, happen next? And, and yeah, link to that one. One of my favorite pieces of art of all time is the the Mount Erie album, A Crow Looked to Me, which has one lyric: "We are all so close to not existing at all." Yeah, and that that, that lyric has in my head all the time. I've been like, yeah. Oh. This is the <laughs> this is the very uh, personal and and somewhat sad podcast, but. Mm. In at number five is what I've called various Vardas, because I think I just could just go for several of them, because I think yeah. it's more of a sensibility in her filmmaking, right. which is, it's just, I just empathy moves me a lot. Yeah, um, of course. I am quite empathetic, but I can also be 
not sometimes and therefore i'm often quite yeah. moved by it, it on screen because i'm totally. like i should be I should. so i think i was gonna put vagabond and i was like well maybe jaco and then i was like well, maybe calca nerves to oh, great pick yeah that's calca nerves to noir what was it whatever it's kind of the name of it the 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 widows the widows of the the town movie because that that the ending of that again had an image that i think about all the time of like the, yeah. the beach and just sat there and then there's a bit in the gleaners and i where she just like films her aging hand and obviously like um the beaches of agnes just has bits in it you're like wow and then even like varda by agnes um i think has bits in it that are just unbelievably moving because she's just a moving filmmaker so i think just her output her personal empathetic output just means a lot to me because of the way that she sees film right no that's a that's a, a good answer i like that um the next one I have is a film called Oslo, August 31st, which is just another one. Like I just like think about it a lot. It's um, director is uh, Joaquin Trier, uh, who did um, the worst person in the world. Um, mm. This is like the, it's like his, I think it's the Oslo, like Oslo trilogy. trilogy. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, this I is just I like, say it. I, you should i, th- I mean i think I should, it's, yeah. it's, it's a very different thing than the worst person in the world and I, I think you would i know that you were not a huge fan of that movie like but this is yeah Oslo is just like oh man like just thinking about it now it's it's very it's like and it's hard to talk about it um and why it is um such a moving film without like i don't want to i don't want to spoil too much of it for people who haven't seen it um but yeah yeah, yeah i'll get i will get to that my next one is um the human condition um kind of like all three parts yeah. but um there's b- bits in all three films i think there's bits in the sec- i think the second film is the weakest of the three but there's bits in that um i'm really i really get drawn to people just standing up to things because that's the right thing to do right. um and that just like just just being the case and there are just there are bits in the human condition about idealism and about idealism when encountered with horrendous systems and what that can mean. And it's just right. a lot of humanity in that film, obviously it's called the human condition. And there's just a lot about just like, you can be as good a person as you want, but you can't be a good person in horrible systems. You just can't. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it deals with that very, very powerfully and it, it flips itself around and it's just, yeah, it's an incredibly powerful um, piece of filmmaking and a very a, a vital text that everyone should watch yes is it like nine hours long yes but watch it okay. <laughs> um <clears throat> last film on my list which is one that i know i i can't imagine anyone that has seen this would disagree with me um and i know that you have seen this and will agree with me no you will agree with me i know it <laughs> because the film is nine souls um, oh yeah i should have put it on my list actually. yeah it's just one of the most like affecting things i've seen i think it's just mm. like really devastating film um yeah yeah actually, just yeah. just yeah i mean do you have is there anything left on your list or yeah yeah i'll go from concretely okay. um, i went for um one car wise happy together oh um, yeah that's a great kind one. of just like the last five minutes of just yeah. the last five minutes kind of like overwhelmed me in terms of just like it in an after song kind of way of being like oh that's, yeah yeah that's, i mean i love that that stuff that like we're like just like that moment at the end kind of recontextualizes a lot of the rest of the film and like you think about yeah. it in a different way and then yeah that's no that's a fantastic one I, I really love that movie um eight is two films together one is army of shadows the, um, okay the, i haven't seen that the melville movie yeah because it's just it's just about the the importance of the resistance of the subsistence fight of people that right 
are going to fail and are just doing it because it's important to fight to fight against fascism and failing to do so. And I've put that next to Rome Open City, um, the Rossellini okay. film, which was legitimately filmed in fascist Italy. And if they were found making that, they'd have been killed. Right. That just extra textually. That's just inc- that's yeah. that's incredibly moving. The, the, they just felt that strongly about the need to make art that was that was combating fascism and to represent what was going on that they risked yeah. their lives to make this thing that is not just like a, a silly like that not in a way of being like i hold my breath for seven minutes like avatar right. too it's uh more on that later <laughs> no yeah totally, um, totally. it's a uh, this needed to be said and presented nine um afterlife oh yeah another one that i, I yeah that's a great one um, one of my favorite and, films yeah it's, it's beautiful again cinema is important memory yeah. is important how we live etc and 10 mike lee's secrets and lies which is just that's upsetting that, and very, another very one sad. that you recommended me and i have not because i haven't i'm a bad person i haven't finished my recommendations oh, from no, last no, year I've, yet I've, I've <laughs> um, yeah secrets and lies is just oh yeah devastating that you know bravo that's good acting that movie all right well look at that both answers there uh, is that your? Is that that's everything on your list? That's it. That's it. All right. Well, I think that is. Let me make sure that's all of Calvin's email. Yeah, that was all Calvin. of Calvin's email. But thank you for that. That was a good, a good question. Um, we of course have an email uh, from David, and he says, "Dear spoilers, hello, sincerely, David." So thanks for uh, writing in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to be fair, it's on me because I did say, "Please write in and say hello." So, uh, hello, I mean, David. I mean, that was almost more of a uh, you. Sh- Almost more of a joke there, because I was about to say, I think we should hold on to that question for next time. Um, and that would be oh. funny to me if we'd have done that, and then you said it was that. Um, <laughs> I, I beat you to it. I, I, that would have been yeah. that would have been good. Um, what do you have to recommend this week? Um, yeah, I'm going to recommend um, the movie Breathless. I, okay, I was, I was wondering. I was like, I remember you saying that you were going to recommend it, but I didn't know if you were going to remember, but I'm glad that you uh, that you stuck with it. Yeah, I'm around Breathless. Um, really important, um, really kind of like fresh, kind of like genre melding um, picture um, that few people have seen. Breathless. Did you want to elaborate on the director of that Breathless? Well, no, it's the only film called Breathless. I'm not. Uh-huh. I'm not. I'm not recommending a Buddha Souffle. <sighs> okay. I'm recommending Breathless. I... <laughs> Nobody listening is going to understand what you're talking about. I'm recommending the 1983 American <laughs> remake of Jean-Luc Godard's okay. Abuda Souffle, anglicised to Breathless. Um, Jim McBride's Breathless, which is what an interesting movie. Is it? It's not a great film. It isn't. Um, it's really interesting and strange. And I'm not a huge fan of Abuda Souffle, particularly. Um, I feel kind of similarly about Breathless and about Abuda Souffle. Um, both are like really interesting, kind of like just just interesting cinema this is not as like formally creative and daring as a buddha supla um but that's what stop laughing me that is what the movie is called i believe you it's just i'm more laughing because this is like the most steven thing you could be doing right now which is i mean i appreciate i'm glad it's just it's it's uh, but it's still funny uh, the movie's called a buddha <laughs> um so yeah it is it is not formally kind of like avant-garde strange but it is just weird and like postmodern and referential. And I made a point in a review about it that this film very much, I mean, Quentin Tarantino is a huge fan of this film and you, you, you can, you can see it. This film very much is such an influential text on that kind of like generation of filmmakers who are in, in the Tarantino wake. So, you know, you've got your Tarantino there. You, you've, you've got Rodriguez, obviously. Yeah. Um, 
all of us, I mean, I, I listened to some other people. I can't remember who I did. Um, oh, Ridley, um, not Ridley Scott. Tony Scott, like okay, people, because yeah, yeah. obviously the true romance thing. But there is there is a huge kind of like this film is strangely important on what type of cinema it became, and I don't love that type of cinema particularly. Right. Um, but it's such a weird, interesting, eclectic movie that's kind of like about low culture. It's like a lot of it's about the Silver Surfer. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the power cosmic. And yeah, so, and watch Breathless, and then be like I am, and get patron Patreon or whatever it is on Letterboxd, and change the poster of Breathless, the Jim McBride movie, to the uh, French poster of Breathless. Oh my god! <laughs> so then it just has a Buddha souffle, because <laughs> I love oh. the they call it Buddha souffle, and it says a Buddha souffle, and it's got a a circle on it that just says Made in USA underneath, okay, which is really great. funny because Goddard has a film called Made in USA. Oh, okay. That, oh, that's pretty so awesome. That's, doubly that's very, 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 very like funny. That. What a great! I want. I want that poster. If you're listening, buy me that poster. I want. <laughs> you're just asking for gifts from the audience now. <laughs> yeah, I've given you so much, audience. <laughs> oh God. Um, I'm going to recommend a Buddha souffle. No. Oh. Um. So I watched this movie with our friend Matt recently, Did and. You what? Gene Dealman? No. Oh, okay. I didn't watch Gene Dealman with Matt. I watched that <laughs> I by just, myself. <laughs> I just know that you watched Gene um, Dealman. I, like, I did, but that's not worth recommending because it's the greatest film. Not worth time. recommending. No. <laughs> you heard it. Put it on the poster. Not worth recommending. Gene Dealman. <laughs> it doesn't, that doesn't go with what I usually try to do with my recommendations on this show. Um, because everyone's watching that right now anyway, because it is the greatest film of all time. As you said that, I just got a notification on my phone just saying that someone liked my review of Gene Dillman, so maybe you're right, actually. That's crazy. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> um, no, I'm going to recommend 1963's When the Cat Comes, also known as The Cat Who Wore Sunglasses. Yes! Which is so good. So it's directed okay, by that. a name that I am surely going to get wrong, but Vodcek Yashni. Um, who's a Czech, film, Czech filmmaker who wrote uh, another f- uh, film that uh, we love on this show, which is The Peanut Butter Solution. Mm. Um, but this film is <laughs> is about a cat that comes to a small village and <laughs> the cat has like superpowers and cool. the cat, by looking at people, can basically reveal their true nature. And so it like takes its sunglasses off and then people turn into colors. <laughs> and oh. like the different colors represent like different things about the people. So it basically like, sends the town into chaos and everyone hates the cat because it's revealing their true nature. And so like, just that's amazing. There's like, there's a whole sequence in the middle where there's like this stage performance that plays out. And it's like the most phenomenal, like just on screen thing. Like they do these in crazy inventive things. It almost feels like, um, like Zeman, like in that way, like it's just like very creative and inventive. I thought um, you meant the Dreamcast game Seaman for a second there, and I was even no. more excited. <laughs> that is not a reference that I would make. That's your job for those references. Okay, so I'm, I'm referencing um, uh, Carl Zeman. Car- yeah, um, Carl Zeman, uh, who is yeah. But I, if you can watch the cat when the cat comes, or the cat who okay. wore sunglasses, which is my preferred title because it's much more fun. But yeah, uh, it's like a bit of super breathless. You know, you it's. <laughs> It's it's such a ridiculous. It's so it's so much fun. It's 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 awesome. Cool. Yeah. No. I, yeah. I want to watch that movie. I'm very. I hope I was, you do. It's, I it's was great. visibly excited when you mentioned. It. I, was like, <laughs> I want to. I want to watch the movie so bad. 
do you have any uh what do you want to plug shows wise what do you got um if you sign up to the stacks patreon at some point this month you'll get access to maybe the only existing commentary track for the film elves (laughs) a terrible movie that i liked a lot honestly it's Mm. a very fun movie Mm. to watch Mm. so yeah the the patreon.com slash stacks on film um cool stuff coming this this month on there that we've been recorded already and i ranked some monsters with calvin and Ooh, the awesome. Rotten Monsters. Excited we'll for that. Dropping maybe f- before this drops? I don't know. Um, and you can listen to Hedera and yes. Monster X Attacks the G8 Summit. <laughs> Very excited for the, the Hedera discussion. Mm. I need to, I guess, watch both Monster X movies. No, you don't. That's a spoiler. Oh, okay. No, All you right, don't. Then. All right. Well, watch then, the first never mind. One. <laughs> um,. You can listen to Calvin and I are going to probably tonight record, and it will be probably out by the time this comes out, but our final episode of Critical Consideration for this award season. Um, So go ahead and check that out, us kind of wrapping up and talking about our favorite films from last year. Um, I am going to get to all of those, and I have them ready, but I want to have watched all the movies you are talking about first, because I am that way inclined. So I have them ready ready to get to. Um, because i will then your discussion will be excellent but i know it'll be more excellent to me when i'm like ah yes i've seen that interesting cool no totally understand that um and for our friends i will plug uh jack and ben have returned (gasps) adventures in asian cinema um very fun to hear them back on a podcast and yeah they talk about mermaid in a manhole mermaid legend Oh god, um, Mermaid Legend is a is hey such Ben, a, such invite a me on. Movie. We'll talk about Mermaid in a Manhole. I'll talk about that's that's an adventure in cinema. Hey, you did go through that adventure with Ben, so that's, yeah, I and Jack that. actually. So yeah, there you Jack, go. you like that movie? Come on, <laughs> the Guinea Pig Podcast. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, so check that out. Check that. Check out Mermaid Legend, and, and then check, check out, out the latest episode of the show. Experiment in an adventure in cinema later this year, and we watch Gran Turismo. It's always coming back to Gran Turismo. What's a Japanese be, I, I'm feeling that we're going to mention Gran Turismo in just about every episode until that movie comes out. So, yeah. um, And then please check out TwinGeeks.com. We are still running through our little TG10 project. Yeah. Oh, um, I need to. You I, can I see. Do the analysis both, for the, the list. I need to put that list up soon. Oh, yeah. Try to work um, it out. Both Steven and I, you can see. You can find our lists. I will link those in the description mm-hmm. here if you want to see our top tens. Um, and then Vaughn's list can... is surprisingly good. You've had this podcast. Vaughn often what has bad that? takes. What? But what does that mean? List, <laughs> his list surprisingly good. good. <laughs> Only good movies on it, which surprised me personally. What was there a movie that I like that you don't that you were expecting to be on it? Well, you often like bad movies, so you know. Okay, all right, sure. Uh, <laughs> but so you can check out our lists, and then you can also just if you check out the site, we've got a lot of really fun guest lists going up at the moment. Mm. Um, from some friends of the site and some yes. cool directors um, yeah. and people in film and so those are really fun and it's been fun to watch those rolling out so please check those out uh, if you like the show please drop us a rating we would really appreciate it I think we recently did get our act we reached the threshold on Spotify and there's an actual rating on our show now um, so it's thank five. you for everyone who has dropped us I, I believe it is thank you for everyone who has dropped a rating and please uh, do so if you have not we would really appreciate it it helps us a lot um anything else before i sign off steven no that's no not that's worth your time okay 
Okay. Well, then we will be back in two weeks. But for now, I am thinking of ending this podcast. Good. <laughs> okay.